This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 317 of the Ham Radio Podcast, the final episode of the ham radio podcast hello it's dustin with last stand media maddie the final the final time now i was wondering maddie is that you know uh you've got something new happening so it's not like a a totally you know sad goodbye it's kind of more of a almost a transition but how do you feel right now it's a little weird um i think there's something so special about the idea that i don't mean to leap right into it but you already can tell with the shirt that kotor gets announced the same week that we wrap up this show i mean we've had episodes based around this game and of course i just think there's something really kind of uh, almost a spiritual unison uh uh in a way of speaking and so i'm feeling fine you know i've sort of had these plans in my head for a long while and when it came to ham radio, I guess I can get into it right now, right? Um, get into it, Manny. Let's go. When we started off in 2020 bringing you into the show, me and Carrick were making the choice of do we bring Dustin on and see if we can give this show a shot in the arm or do we just shut it down? Because we were both losing steam. And even at that time, I didn't have an idea of what we were going to transition into. It was just like I think ham's sort of dying. And then you came in, Dustin, and I always salute you and your efforts. You gave the show uh, a much-needed shot in the arm with a fresh perspective, uh, interesting thoughts, good banter, of course. And uh, I think that triangulation of ACG, Mr. Matty, and Last Stand was super important to keeping this show afloat. So I always thank you, Dustin, for giving this show the extra legs that it certainly did not have without you. Dude, no, I and I uh, I have to say thank you to you just because obviously I had podcasted before for many years before Mm. ham radio but ham radio was the first show that was had a huge audience behind it and so in a lot of ways this was uh my first major outing and it was integral into i think i I mean i don't know i'm curious i'd I'd have to ask colin it's like hey was me being on ham radio any factor and putting you me in, me in on uh, more last stand stuff. I don't know, but either way, whether even if it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, it was important for me just to get used to interacting with a large audience for better and for worse. Sure, right? Like uh, figuring out when to reply to a comment and when not to. Yeah, uh, and, and so that was so incredibly important. And you gave me that opportunity, and so I will always be uh, in your debt for that. So uh-huh. thank you. No debt required, but it's my pleasure. You know, I've always had the the mantra with the shows I run is it's not about getting the largest talent, the biggest names, uh, but getting people who are good or ripe with potential. And, um, you know, it, it started off when it was one of my best friends, Noah, who did not have a following at all, myself, who did have a small following, and then Lone Vault Wanderer, who had 8,000 subscribers on his channel. That's how Ham Radio started. And, uh, you know, it evolved and evolved and evolved. Now, Lone Senior Community Manager at Bethesda. And it's like, you know, that's an example where it's, you know, I had a feeling about Lone, just like I had a feeling about you. And now you're 
sharing the the third chair over on Sacred Symbols, the largest PlayStation podcast in the world. So um, I'll always run my shows that way, and that's how Ham Radio Live is going to go. So for those who don't know, as we transition from Ham Radio Podcast to Ham Radio Live, there's some changes that are going to come into the mix, but a big reason I wanted to do this is because I feel like it's finally time to sort of sunset things and try something new in a very saturated genre. Um, if we kept ham radio podcast as it is, it would live on fine. You know, we sit around the 10 to 20,000 listener mark week in week out, which I'm totally happy with. That's really good actually. Uh, but I'm willing to take a chance because I'm feeling a little bit stagnant with it. And what I like more than anything about ham radio is our patron question section It's my favorite thing because we just get a lot of interaction with the audience. It's your chance to speak. You know, we're talking for hours and hours and hours every week, whether it's videos, podcasts, all that stuff. So with Ham Radio Live, it's a lot about audience interaction. Uh, we're going to stream the show live at Friday evenings. We'll set a specific time that I'll announce later on. Um, but we're going to stream it live on YouTube. So we're going to take what the audience is writing in, as well as call-ins. Live call-ins will happen through the Patreon Discord. Um, we're going to talk with the audience. We want to have that third seat be as dynamic as possible. So it'll be myself and one of my very close friends uh, running the show. He'll sort of be in the more producer role, uh, but also serving technically as a co-host. Um, and so... Once again, it's one of those situations where I didn't pick the biggest name, uh, but I picked someone who I'm very close with who I thought would have good banter, good chemistry, and is very knowledgeable. Um, you know him, Dustin. Kopi. I picked Kopi. And so, Kopi. Yeah. Kopi. That little pervert. Yeah. The right? anime. Yeah. <laughs> the He's going to get lover. so annoyed because anytime he gets mentioned and he comes on my stream, I'm like, Kopi, you little pervert. Yeah. You, know, you, pick, <laughs> you pick Rosalina as your main on Mario Golf. Yeah. I know. I know. You what know, you're right? About. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, Kopi's a, he's an up and comer in my eyes and I, I see so much potential in him. And so I wanted to do sort of what happened with, uh, loan and what happened with Noah. And I think to a lesser extent, you, I think you were already well on your way, Dustin. I don't want to discredit your efforts, but, uh, sort of give them, uh, the opportunity that I would have hoped I had, uh, at a, as an up and comer. And so, uh, He'll be he'll be sitting in the second chair alongside me. We'll be taking calls, um, but it will also run like ham radio in the way where we're going to have main topics. A lot of people were concerned about that when I had made the initial announcement about winding things down. We are going to have set news topics to cover each and every week, just like this show. It's more along the lines of an evolution and starting again in episode one because it feels new to us. So it's going to have a new DNA in the sense of live call-ins, but otherwise it's going to have the write-ins. If people aren't comfortable with calling in, they don't want to call in. Maybe they're at work. Um, they have a question, but they can't talk on the phone for like 15 minutes or whatever. Um, we just want to make a show that's about the audience because uh, it's very different. And it's, I think it's bold. That's the other thing is uh, I think a lot of podcasts are safe nowadays. And it's like, yeah, I want to take the chance and, and get some call-ins. I want to debate people. I want them to challenge my thoughts because I think it's pretty common in po uh, podcasts that you can get wrapped up in each other and um, not challenge one another. And, you know, we try to do our best, but sometimes it just feels a little forced. And I think someone randomly calling in being like, you said this, how do you feel about it now? Um, or what do you think about this news story? That's not being talked about as much or just additional thoughts on a trending topic. I, I want to have that angle. And I think it allows us to create a more concise show where we have every perspective rounded out imaginable. So I'm really excited for it. The live nature of it, of course, we'll get douchebags. I already know that, but that's fine. That's why we're going through the Patreon. If people want to pay to be an asshole, fine. <laughs> I'll just ban them right. afterwards. Yeah. Um, but you know, beyond that, uh, I'm very excited for it. So that'll be in about in two weeks. Uh, we're gonna have a reprieve after this. We're gonna, you know, do our final episode, let it breathe, a week off, and then 
I'm announcing it right away. We're having a dedicated video talking about that and the new channel coming out. And it's sort of like a new phase. Uh, so I'm very excited for those next steps. I wanted to get those done this year uh, to sort of roll into the new year, 2022, where I think it's going to be a big year for gaming with those established. So very, very excited for them. And I want to just thank the the patrons who made this idea possible because we're, we're definitely nervous on the idea of will we get write-ins? Will we get call-ins? Will people be excited? I think they will. Um, we just want to keep that rolling. And uh, the reason we're doing this is because the patrons have been so active and I actually see a legitimate community building in our Patreon um, through the Discord. Uh, people are in call every night. They're always talking, set up, setting up plans. And it's like, okay, people are getting comfortable with each other where I feel like this isn't such a drastic leap of faith like I'm making it up to be in my head. So it will be a smidge different. But it's also going to have that ham radio DNA, which is why it's being called ham radio live and not something completely different. It's still going to feel like ham radio. So uh, we'll bring those all to audio platforms that you know and love for podcasts. And I think that covers about everything that I wanted to say about what's coming up very soon. I have one comment, Maddie. Sure, by all means. Because uh, I've had I have had some people in either my stream or a few people even in person over the weekend at an evening with Last Stand, mm-hmm. ask me what my involvement was going to be with Ham Radio Live. Yeah. And I think this is, honestly, I think separating us is actually a good thing for yeah. the audience. It because sucks, but yeah, please continue. It sucks, but here's the thing, though. This is not the end of, of the bromance of Maddie and Dustin, of course, because... Uh, we're going to be on tons of content together over on Last Stand, which yeah. is awesome. And, Maddie, anytime for Ham Radio Live, if you want to bring me on there, I'm totally down for that. Of course. And um, you, like, the reason why I was going to say it's good that we're kind of going – not going our separate ways. That makes it sound way more dramatic than it is. <laughs> but, um, And I think the audience has noticed this over the last few months is just that with Maddie doing Defining Duke and me doing Sacred Symbols, and they both record the two days prior to this, mm-hmm. you're getting both of our opinions again. Yes. Um, which, so having uh, new people with new perspectives is going to be great exactly. for, for the show. Exactly. Um, and so, and like I said, like Maddie, Maddie and I uh, will still be podcasting, doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. together so uh you know it's not it's not the end it's nothing to be yes, sad about I, I was gonna say that so i'm glad you did and another driving reason behind this i do want to address it is of course carrick not being on the show anymore you know carrick was such a big part of things um when noah had left carrick sort of stepped right in and then when lone had left carrick was really the stabilizing force because i'm no fool like i know i'm a good host i know a lot of people come to listen to my thoughts but i know that the co-host is just as important which is why it's risky to do what i do and like you you bring in people who are up and comers rather than like big names but i just feel like you can't force chemistry because someone's popular um right but yeah carrick uh was not coming back uh you know we had communicated and so it was one of those situations where um Whenever I checked in with him about his studio updates, he was still working on it. And then a month turned into two, and uh, it, it just seemed increasingly apparent he was not returning. So uh, I had to make a call for the show myself um, because, you know, we were sort of lingering. And Dustin and I were starting to feel the fatigue of, as he said, double dipping. And I was like, all right, let's 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 pull the trigger on this idea. I think it's for the best. So that's what we're going forward with. And I think it makes all the content surrounding it much more refreshing for you all to listen to. And uh, it helps because I think Ham Radio Live is going to be something so different yet so familiar that uh, 
those who are skeptical, I'm not just saying because I'm doing it because I'm not like this, but like I do genuinely feel you will warm up to that quicker than you would with ham radio because ham radio live is going to be more something that you can jump into whenever just as easily as with ham radio podcast. So really much looking forward to that. And other than that, that's all the announcements I have to make. And so now a lot of people are probably wondering like, what are we going to do that's special for the final episode? And I was trying to get sort of a round table of all our old hosts and our current ones for like a final sort of memory based show. I tried to get videos. Maybe uh, nothing was working. No one was willing. Uh, and it was kind of unfortunate. So I just kind of looked at it and went, well, as Dustin said perfectly, it's kind of a transition. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. And even if I wanted to make a big deal out of it, there's nothing now I can do. <laughs> I was really interested. So, uh, yeah, so I thought let's just run a standard episode, right? Let's not let's not mope about. It's going to be a good time, and in two weeks you'll you'll forget about Hamrio podcast even existing and be like Hamrio live. Let's go. Uh, so Dustin, as always, let's talk about what we're playing. Yeah, well, okay. So I've what, what I've been playing and what I'm going to play. Mini show and tell here, Maddie went out Walmart. Of course, you know the classic Dustin Furman move on Fridays. <laughs> went to Walmart. Boom, $10 off the new WarioWare, mm. which, you know, I don't, I, I know there was a demo out for this game and I, I saw that the reviews were like pretty good. I feel like I had to buy this game because I, I love WarioWare. Up. I wanted them to make more WarioWare games for years. And so when it's here, you know, it's time to step up and put your money where your mouth is. So I said, fuck it. I'm buying the new WarioWare. So I haven't played that yet. And then, of course, Tales of Arise out oh, today. Yeah. Oh, Got yeah. that for a cool $50 at Walmart. Really? They sell that and, for 50 uh, as well? Yeah. This game is actually a $60 game. Yeah, uh, I know. But regardless wow. of platform. But yeah. they were, Dude, so I got both of these, and so I saved 20 bucks by nice. going to Walmart. I'm gonna go to I Walmart going to Walmart after this then because I, I wanted to pick up the physical copies for those. And Okay. Good. Not all Walmarts are created equal, I've realized, though, in my oh. travels across the United States. Uh, not that I've done a ton <laughs> of traveling, but I've been to some that I'm like, hey, this is actually pretty nice. Not like my Walmart. Mm. Ooh, the Butler PA Walmart. You did? Oh, you didn't make it over there, probably, during no, uh, no, I didn't. your stay. No. You were close to it, though, because you went to Reyes Azteca, which is, like, not too far from it. But Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit. Our Okay, well, actually, this is a good transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I went out today. Uh, sorry, audio listeners. I'll, I'll describe what I'm showing here. I went and got a few things framed. Okay. Oh. First, I got the uh, the the poster nice. from the event framed. Nice from Michaels. You, the, dude, I walked out with three frames for twenty six bucks, 26? and they're like wood wood frames. That sounds like they're a lot. Pretty nice. That sounds like a lot of yeah. money. Am I crazy? A lot of money? Yeah. For three frames? Yeah, I thought that would be um, uh, a little too much. I guess I'm thinking of the cheap plasticky ones. That's like a, yeah. a wooden one. These are glass. Oh, okay. Like These are these Looking are good. pretty nice. Okay. So I got... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That, and then what else I we got, got here? 
I got oh. two two of the event photos framed. Nice. This one, basically, what I did, I just got the master photo and printed out at Walgreens. Mm. And the, it's not like if you get up close, I can tell that they're, the DPI on their printer like is not great. Mm-hmm. But for what I wanted, like so, I got yeah. that, and I uh-huh. got our our picnic photo. That's I can't great. hold all these frames here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got both of these. I love that printed out. And so I'm going to get these hung up on the wall altogether just because I was like, man, this was such a a big moment mm-hmm. in yeah. in our career. And, I, okay, I'm I a little mushy right here. here. Not only a big moment frame. in our career, but our friendship. Yes. All of our friendships. Yes. Yeah. I got to frame mine as well. I have it here with me so I could buy a frame and then bring it back and place it in there because I was going to hang it up. But I didn't think of the idea that you did of, of printing out the photos as well. But yeah, yeah, you know, you you brought it up, and so yeah, that that um step forward in the friendship is is really like the unspoken part of it all, right? We talk about the the audience, the fun we had, but like really, it was the uh immediate. There wasn't even an adjustment period, right? Like I remember when we were standing there, you were showing me the stage area in the in the ballroom, and it was like Friday when I had got there. It was like immediately we were talking, like as if I guess in a way we were on a show. Like it was very just. Mm casual you could tell we were friends and then um that developed very quickly over the weekend there was no awkward icebreaker none of that literally none of that even with someone like i'd say ben who i dm'd a lot but i i only talk and talk to a decent amount of times but not a ton there wasn't that weird transition it was just like you could tell we were all in a way different but like-minded um and we meshed extremely well together yeah it was um i mean for I just real quick, I guess for for the people that are not the cross the non crossover audience, we mm-hmm. had our first live event here in my hometown of Butler, Pennsylvania, and Friday night we had everybody together for the very first time. It was the first time I ever met Maddie in person. Uh, he's much taller than me, and people were <laughs> like, "Wow!" That was the one of the reoccurring themes of the weekend with photos. People were like. Well, people were like, Dustin, are you like insanely short? I'm like, I'm surrounded by people that are very tall. Yeah, I was like say. everyone in our company, me and Chris are like, fuck, because everyone's <laughs> so tall. So, but man, it was just the one of the, the, the weekend was filled with surreal moments mm-hmm. through and through, whether it was dinner, Friday night, and we we're all together, the, um, the event itself, the after party. But for me, one of the the craziest was I invited everybody over to my house on Sunday night just for a low-key. We had a fire, um, just a very chill hangout. And we were outside, and I could hear everyone talking. And I was just – I listened for a moment, and I was like, Colin is here. Chris is here. Maddie is here. Our friend Jimmy is here. Yeah. And it was like these are all voices that – I would never, and I'm not just voices, but also just people that I'm like, this, they're all here in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just really, really awesome. And dude, we hung out for like a long time yes. on, on Sunday night. Like there was a, a long extended like time. We were just hanging out, sitting at my kitchen table. Yes. Uh, yes. So it was cool. It was seriously uh, an amazing, amazing time. And something I, I said this on Sacred Symbols. Maddie, uh, and I want to repeat it here. Though I guess this isn't a last stand product, but fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway, just because I feel like I don't know. It's important for you and I. 
it was so it was so great to get to know the audience and be there. And we met people that were fans of Ham, which was awesome. Yeah, decent. And of them. that was really nice. So that was cool, but it was a such a big impact on us as a company as well. Just like uh, a new. Chris said it best in that it was like, this is insanely good for morale. Not that morale was low mm-hmm. or that we were like, we're like in a war, like fighting, like, oh, we need the good morale, you know, but it was just, um, it feels like everything is different now um, in a very good way. I, so, yeah, it, uh, I think what happened was we knew we had a thing. Clearly we did based off of the following on Last Stand Media's Patreon and our support through our podcast numbers and the kind words of the audience you knew you had something but it's why i always love doing quick viewer meetups at conventions because it's when your hard work materializes before you and it comes in different forms like we were talking about this before the show like early access codes for a game is one of those ways like your hard work has materialized in front of you uh audience reception is another way but there's no better better materialization if you will than when you shake the hand of the person who is watching your stuff and then they bring up something that you've said in the past as if they know you personally. So someone came up, sat down, shook my hand, went, I'm such a big fan. Then they cut themselves off and was just like, sorry, I forgot you don't like the word fan. I was like, holy fuck, you listen. Because I don't stop someone. If they say it, it's like, I'm not going to stop you. But I do let people know, like, I'm a a 26-year-old who makes gaming videos. Like, I don't think you're a fan of me. But maybe you are. Uh, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. But, um, you know, that, that moment, too, was, like, really cool and having conversations about ham radio live. You know, we got to talk to frequent write-ins like uh, Sean Mason, golden goose, who, who were like, we were, we were talking about the show, the future of it, the content. And it was like a really cool way to like get that intimate feedback and uh, just talk to the people and thank them, especially for uh, keeping our shows afloat. Uh, that was something I was really grateful for. Uh, but long winded way of saying that. Yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I think there was something good for morale there. Even if it wasn't low, it felt like, um, this was a thing. We were a part of something. It's not just a internet group. It's an actual right. team. Yeah, it was. Um, it was incredibly fun, and I'm so excited we get to do it again. Yes. Uh, at some point. Yes. Where do you have some ideas? I'm gonna have to after the show, Maddie. Remind me mm. of some of the things we're considering, dude. I think uh, my favorite part was <laughs> Saturday night, right? We go to the speakeasy, we got cigars, We everyone's got some drinks. And I remember the whole Last Stand crew was sitting in this corner on a bunch of couches and cushioned chairs. We're puffing yeah. down cigars and we're just talking business. And it was oh, yeah, like, we can't it was stop. Like a, we were like a mob <laughs> at that point, right? Like everyone's just like sitting yeah. their hand up. I don't know. I think it's just the cigars <laughs> combined with business talk. I was like, this is fucking legit. I was like, I kind of dig this. But yeah, we were like immediately after having this successful event, we're like, Okay, what next? And I was like, "What's next?" Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Wow, we are scarily alike." If we're all like hyped to talk about what we're gonna do next. Oh yeah, it was great too because so I don't really drink very much at all. Same. So my tolerance very low, mm-hmm. and I did not eat anything before the event yeah, because I was zone. I was nervous. So yeah. after yeah. the event, I ate some pop tarts, and that was it. And so that's not very filling or whatever. But uh, so I had one old I actually I had two old fashions through the night, which is just, you know, liquor, mm-hmm. uh, just ba- <laughs> bourbon and sugar, which <laughs> so I I wasn't like drunk, but I definitely had a little bit a toasty, 
I was a little toasty, and we were talking business, smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was very, very nice. Yeah. And, I'm, a, um, I'm a huge fan of cigars, so for me, like, that's like the ultimate, like, unwind. Well, that's what you said Friday. Friday, well, maybe even before that, you're like, I'm really excited for Saturday night. After. I'm excited for cigars. You mentioned <laughs> it, like, a few times. I was like, yeah, I was excited because I, I was hoping – that people would be into the idea of the after party at the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like it was Dude, a big, even success. when I read that on the email that you sent, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even Laylee saw it. She was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> she yeah. knows I love cigars. So yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was a really good time. So to those who did come out and chat with us, thank you. And uh, I should probably talk about what I've been playing lately. So go for it. Play Tales of Her Eyes, Dustin. I was reviewing it. Reviews available on the channel now. For those who are listening, go to Mr. Maddie Plays on YouTube. Tales of Her Eyes review is there, but of course, I'll give you my thoughts here, too, if you're too lazy to do that. In short, I love it, Dustin. Now, how much of a Tales fan are you, by the way? Like, That's actually a, a very gatekeeping question. How, no. how, how many games from the Tales series have you played? So here's the funny part, Maddie. I have only really tried to play one Tales game. Okay. Zestaria. Oh, no. And everyone's like, that's the absolute worst one. So I've always thought, you know, maybe if I find time as like a, and I can, I can fit one of the old ones in, Mm -hmm. but I, I always was leading like, well, whatever the next one is, I'm going to go in day one. Yeah. And here I am. It is literally day one and I've got it. So, yeah, I want to affirm your decision then because I think it's excellent. But more than anything, what I touched on in my review is how good it is for newcomers. Like, I think for returning fans, there's a lot of great innovations brought to the table through its combat, its storytelling, its pacing, its dark tone are all very refreshing. But what I tried to hone in on is like, okay, it's clear they invested in Tales of Arise. Like, they want to make this mainstream, they want to popularize the franchise. Did they do that successfully? And I think yes. So what's good about this is what you didn't like about something like Zestiria. This game is the exact opposite. Um, yeah. So you that game was just enjoying. boring at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is, if you're like a diehard Berseria fan, you can kind of extract enjoyment out of Zestiria because they're connected. But even if I just thought Zestiria was, I I, I sadly played it till completion. It was not very good, in my opinion. Yeah. But Arise is excellent. Um, The graphical improvements are very much appreciated uh, because it leaks into stuff that was very poorly designed uh, on 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 an environmental level, uh, such as dungeons. Dungeons were really not great in the Tales of series. Uh, Very much... um, If you would go through a tunnel... And you're in a cave for a dungeon, like you would, you couldn't tell where you were. If you rotated the camera, you'd see the same cave walls, and so it was very easy to get lost. It was frustrating. So that environmental diversity, like I said, it seeps into the dungeon design, which is much more, uh, has much more verticality, and uh, the the areas are different. It's what a dungeon should be, right? Uh, there's loot, uh, there's little secret rooms. It's great. Uh, the story, uh, it, it, I gotta shout that out because. The darker tone usually fades away in a Tales of game after about 10 hours. You know, they, they hit you hard and they just go happy-go-lucky. They never do that with this game. And it's because the backdrop of the world is so so serious and it, 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 it demands such a focus. It's like these 
uh, Renans have been suppressed for, or Denons, I can't remember, but they've been suppressed for 300 years. Uh, they've been enslaved by this high-tech elite human race, and they're fighting back. And at first you're like, oh, it's a story of rebellion, but it goes beyond that uh, and deepens the character. So overall, since it's new, I don't want to go too deep into it, but very much highly recommended, and there is a 20-minute review for that on my channel. Beyond that, playing another game for review, Mr. Furman, cannot speak on that. Embargoed. Uh, embargoed. Damn. So, this is that season. I just want to let people know, like, when we talk about what we're playing on Ham Radio Live, like, we're in that fall season where there's going to be a lot of, I'm under contract, I can't really say anything right now. Sorry, guys. So, um, I do apologize, but Tales of Arise, please do check it out, whether you are a new or returning fan of the series. Maddie, real quick. Sure. Uh, well, are you are you wrapped up? I thought of one game I wanted to share briefly. I am because I don't think there's anything else I was playing over this past week. I'm trying to think like leading up to the last stand media weekend. I didn't really game much because I was preparing. And then, of course, the weekend we were away. I was yeah, I've been playing Tales of that whole week because I wanted to grind it out for the review. So I am done. All you. Yeah. Uh, real just quick. I'm I'm saying real quick, not because like I feel rushed because I don't really want to talk about it that long. But I do want to mention it. I finished twelve minutes. Oh no. And I'm so like I hate this game, but I also <laughs> thought it was interesting. Okay. Like it's very uh i i feel like people should check it out because i feel like this game you're going to be one way or the other most likely i'm in a weird spot where i feel both in that the concept the groundhog day mixed with point and click very cool but it's so frustrating at points when it's like damn i screwed this loop up just slightly uh, and now i have to do this whole thing again did you play it no i was going to try oh. you but for our 12 minutes review discussion and spoiler cast on uh, defining Duke Ultimate, but with Tales of, I just I didn't have the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not long. Um, so that's you probably could beat it in like a sitting, actually a sitting or two. But um, I say you know it's on Game Pass. Another mediocre Game Pass release. Yeah, yeah Xbox. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it's pretty good. I actually <laughs> I like. For for me, with Game Pass, and then I'll, I'll leave it at this, is just that this is a very experimental game. Mm. Uh, so I appreciate it for that. And right. I give it props despite its frustration because of how experimental it is. We need games to be experimental and frustrating yeah. in order to advance the medium. So Good point. Uh, if you want something like that, peep it. Very well said, indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So we really have one main item on the news report today, kind of like last episode, because we took a, a week break for uh, Last Stand Media the weekend we were going away. We just didn't have time to record because it was a six and a half hour drive to Butler, Pennsylvania on Friday, which is the day we typically record. So unless we recorded it in the car, there's no way of doing it. So with that, we talk about specifically the PlayStation Showcase. 
which just happened this week. And I thought, in short, it was excellent. There was a lot there to be excited about, naturally. Uh, that one obvious announcement withstanding, I still thought it was pretty good. Um, there was a lot there that surprised me, and I thought they hit pretty hard. Uh, so we're just going to sort of run down the announcements we're excited about. I don't know if we'll talk about literally everything within the showcase because I didn't personally find everything exciting there, but I just want to touch on what we found most interesting. So, Dustin, I'd like you to go first. I mean, what what to you jumped out at the showcases of, whoa, we didn't expect that, or wow, I'm excited about that. Yeah, so I want to give a shout-out, first of all, to Project E. Okay, I love where you're starting. Yes. Because this is a... A, a game ass video game. I don't know how to describe it. Like this is like awesome. It this game. So okay, action game project Eve. Who do we know? This is this a new studio? I actually know so little about the game outside yeah, of the trailer. Shift up, I think. And they're right. Korean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I know they announced it apparently two years ago. Is what they said in the PlayStation blog post. Yeah. Because I've actually seen gameplay for oh, this okay. from, like, I just saw it on YouTube. Someone, I think, posted my Discord or something. Hmm. And I love so many elements of this. It has, like, there's this shot from the trailer that, I, since I'm looking at it now, where it's like a space station. And it's got this eyeball creature, which I'm assuming this is, like, some biblical reference. Because the the trailer is filled with biblical references. And yeah, this is, Eve. like, actually... <laughs> Yeah, Project Eve. Um, this creature is actually like a biblical description of an actual angel, I think, like with the eyes all over and stuff. So that's like pretty dang cool. But the combat looks awesome. This looks like, especially when you see Platinum, which looks like they're about to face plant with uh, Babylon's Fall. It's yeah. like, okay, it's okay because hopefully this Project Eve game is going to be the Platinum game that uh, we want right now Who instead be saying that right i think i thought platinum was pretty on track but you're, you're totally right because when chris and i were watching the showcase and we saw that i was immediately going oh wow this definitely looks like a platinum game i'm surprised they're announcing something new that's also a brand new ip before bayonetta and then they showed that it was shift up and i went oh shit okay so i think yeah. it's pretty good that they've managed to pretty much emulate what platinum does successfully right so yeah, that so that game, huge shout out to that because that was actually uh, you know pretty exciting. I'm looking through, so that I'm looking at like I searched like everything from a the PlayStation event. Unfortunately, a Kotaku article was the first one that came up, <laughs> but I'm using it. So shout out to them, I guess. Uncharted I know the PlayStation Fork. blog. I mean, you already give them a click. Oh. But PlayStation blog did literally have like a bullet pointed list of everything oh. that was announced. That's what I used um, for uh, a video, but. You're already there. You're so, already there, man. You gave yeah, me I'm already click. here. I gave him my click. You get it, Kotaku. You win this time. Mm. Uh, I'm man. There actually are quite a few things that I think are worth mentioning, dude. the The biggest off the wall thing that they announced was the uh the Radiohead Kid A Amnesia exhibition. Yeah, what do you know was, what I'm talking what about? Was that? I just remember seeing Radiohead, and uh, we were looking. Was that the one that looked almost like Control? And when I say Control, I yes. mean like visually it was like red and there were stone walls. What was that yeah. supposed to be? So the the band Radiohead, they have an album called Kid A. And, well, I'm trying to think. They have Kid A and 
do they have an album called Amnesia too? I don't know. It's Amnesiac. So anyway, okay. Kid A, I'm thinking is the the focus because the the song from that is the first track on the album Kid A, and this is very exciting for me because I I am a radio like a I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan, but I do know a lot of their albums, and Kid A is like super a really weird mm-hmm. but awesome album, and it was just a, a off the wall thing like. I, I think Kyle Kyle Bossman put out a video last night, and I have to shout out to it because he's like, "Here's how you get me in exactly three seconds," <laughs> and he put the three seconds with the opening of uh, Kid A and the song "Everything in Its Right Place," and I was like, "Whoa, whatever that is, I'm into it." So, just a weird, cool thing to put in that. Uh, yeah, that I, I had a moment similar to that. Um when the wonderlands trailer played right i haven't really been big on borderlands because i thought three was not that great um baby metal and then yes baby metal i have my girlfriend introduced me to them this year and i've been literally for like two months now grinding them like i've been listening to them almost daily and i heard at that point the audio for my stream was disconnected for reasons (laughs) yeah I saw that for reasons. That was awesome. So we Chris made... was so concerned because so you had the audio for the actual capture, but yeah. not the stream. Yeah, Chris was like, "Dude, we gotta get... like." He instantly was like, "I could see his production mode kicked in." Oh, yeah. but you you were fucking on. I don't. You must have been. You were on uh, uh, the astral plane. You had ascended at that moment, so you didn't give a fuck. Um, yeah, someone anyway. someone replied. The funniest tweet I think I saw about that was like, "You made Chris be the adult, Matt." Like, <laughs> I, yeah, dude, that's awesome. I felt so bad for him because that was like what our second time hanging out in the scheme of things, and I was just like, I probably made him so fucking uncomfortable by like screeching and like sprinting out of my chair across the room. But there was no yeah. way I wasn't going to. Um, but yeah, I didn't hear the baby metal in the. Um, in the in the trailer at first because my audio was disconnected so my friends and i later that night were talking about it on discord and uh they were kind of like i don't really know how i feel about wonderlands i said let me check out the trailer because i was really like though i feel bad for both project eve and wonderlands because i really couldn't give raw reactions because i was still like 15 minutes after reeling from what had just transpired um yeah. and so i had to watch them later that night and wonderlands i actually gotta say dustin i I kind of think this looks good. I really do. Obviously, the writing is TBD. We don't know yet because 3 was not well written at all. Um, but this sort of D&D fantasy style Borderlands, uh, the abilities looked fun. This one looked to speak to me a little bit more initially than I think Borderlands 3 did, which would shock me, by the way, because I thought I was excited for Borderlands 3, and I was but this one on a conceptual level really grasped me. So I'm looking forward to, to Wonderlands because it doesn't feel like the cheap, shitty spinoff that pre-sequel was. It seems like something a little bit more focused. Right. Were you were you digging Tales at all? Am I, am I alone on this? Because I get it. Like uh, uh, Borderlands, I said Tales, but Borderlands is um, kind of had its moment. So, yeah. I uh I don't know I'm not I'm not really into it because well I might like I honestly probably would like the gameplay of Borderlands 3 and this game mm-hmm. because 
I like uh, schluters, looter shooters or whatever. I like that. But I was just like, at the end of the trailer, like, she makes some joke. There's like, she like, there's no after credit scene. This ain't a superhero movie. Mm. And I was like, ah, okay. That's funny. That's that's (laughs) real funny. Yeah. So I'm just not into the... The 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 jokes of Borderlands anymore. I'm You're just not, not laughing, man. <laughs> I did not laugh at that. Did you like fold your arms a little bit too? Like, hmm. yeah, this is. I was like, yeah. get not, out of here. Not impressed. Fuck off, Tiny Tina. Well, so let's say let's real quick. I'll go over some of the the not so hot because we, then we can end positive. Okay, good idea. Blood Hunt for PS5. This battle royale. What uh, a betrayal. vampire the masquerade. Oh my god. And, no, dude, what a betrayal. Betrayal? I, yeah, because have you? how much do you know about the original Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? Not very much. Okay. In 2004, this game releases, and it's like a hardcore-ass RPG. Like, extremely hardcore. Lots of replayability. You pick, like, different bloodlines, different families, different combat styles, different ways to go into buildings. I have not played it to completion, but I will say from what I experienced, it was a pretty well-crafted RPG. So now they were working on the sequel to Bloodlines, um, which they had Brian Kitsoda, I believe his name is, uh, who originally directed the first Bloodlines back in, I want to say it was 2004, on for the sequel. And they booted him alongside another writer, they removed the development team from it and brought in a whole new team and essentially have like restarted that sequel after it being in development for like two, three years at the time and was supposedly coming out last year. And now it's just I remember this yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. And then they announced this battle royale and it's already like you can play the battle royale right now. And I'm like, wow, what a like I, I imagine what I feel about Kotor, right? There are fans like that for vampire the masquerade bloodlines and that kick in the gut that paradox just keeps delivering on this series is horrendous so i want to try out blood blood hunt just to see because what's kind of weird dustin is it looks not bad as a battle royale yeah it doesn't look bad but it it doesn't look appealing to me personally mm -hmm. at all i mean i don't know i think i just checked out what was the free PS Plus game that was the Battle Royale game. Oh, was it uh, that Hunter kind of, uh, Dynasty Warriors like game? It, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was PS Plus last month, and it was uh, not very good. Mm. I think but, so. Maybe Royale's that's just tired. Yeah, I don't really want to play. I don't think I want to play third person melee based. That, dude, that game has shooting in it too, right? It has like it's both. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is this is this free to play? It is this this blood hunt. Oh well, okay. Fuck it. Check it. Out. I'll check it out. I'll check anything out that's free at least once. I respect that. Uh, I'm a little. Someone's more gonna stubborn. make a joke about what I just said. That's fine. <laughs> Clip that. I'll check out anything that's free at least once. I'm, I'm a little bit more stubborn than you. Like in a situation like this, where I I almost feel like I'm betraying my morals and it's gonna eat at my conscience if I download the game and end up playing it. So I'm like, mm. hmm, maybe I should just leave it not touch it but i am curious because like i said it doesn't look bad i want to emphasize that for the audience it doesn't look like a bad game like if you look at it you'll be like what's the problem it's just that think of 76 and apply that mentality to the reveal of blood hunt and that's sort of what you're dealing with here 
Uh, except 76 actually did release as a very bad video game. It's better now. But what else you got on the list for us, Dustin? Uh, I Maddie, I really don't even want to talk about it. Guardians of the Galaxy, okay, just looking you know, feeling it bland, really? looking bland. Yeah, I just think it's just such a uh, weird group to pick. This is so. This is my my issue with okay. it is that it's just. It suffers from the same problem that Avengers has in my mind. This may not bother some people. This is my opinion, folks. Is they base it off the art direction of the Marvel films, but they can't use the Marvel actors. So you get this weird off-brand, generic-looking version of this world, and I hate it. I I freaking hate it. To me, I'm looking at this and like, man, they could tweak this. I don't know whether they could like make it more cell shaded, like cell shaded, make it cartoony, make it some. I don't know, make it think, not look yeah, you're, like the movies. You're right. Cell shaded helps a lot. Look at Ultimate Alliance three. There was no issue with how characters were rendered out in that game, and that that's had a ton of them. That had the same characters we're talking about right now. It's just that art style makes it like they're less trying to emulate the movies, as you said. Yeah, so I just don't. I, I don't know this game. I'm really curious about what it's going to be like when it when it comes out. Uh, I'm not particularly interested. I hope it's great though, and for fans, I just think it's an odd approach. But yeah, do we want to talk about everything or just like maybe okay, like hit the the big I boys mean, now? I just want to say on uh, Guardians real quick, and I, I do want to yeah. hit most things. We don't have to hit everything, but I do want to hit sure. most things and just at least glaze over them at minimum. Uh, with with Guardians, I'm most excited because this is the team that brought us like Deus Ex, and Deus Ex is a really good RPG series. It 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 really is. You know, I I had my issues with the the director's cut of uh, Human Revolution, which I think is the second in the series. I actually never played Mankind Divided because I heard the ending was like really frustrating. Um, but I should probably try it now. Because I heard the rest of the game's good. But my point being is that uh, that second game, Human Revolution, um, while I had an issue with them sort of level wanting you and like putting you on this boat and just having you start over, it was really, really, really annoying. Uh, overall, they made a great RPG. And I'm hoping that those gameplay design choices carry into Guardians. Um, seeing like conversation choices in a Guardians game. That's the only. That's the thing I can't shake off. It's almost shadowing the uh, overshadowing the the visual part that you fairly spoke about. Um, for me, it's really like watching Star Lord create division within his own group by like siding with what Gro uh, not Groot, but like Raccoon said over Drax, and it's like you've won favor with Drax, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Like what happens if like do these do they betray you eventually? That doesn't make sense, but um, that's what I don't get is like this tight knit superhero group. Like, will they fall apart? Is that possible? Um, I want to see how how far they go as an RPG. Yeah, that'd so we'll be see. interesting. What so else we got? let me bring up my Kotaku article here. <laughs> nice. Uh, Alan Wake remastered. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Thirty bucks. That's a good price. Uh, on PlayStation for the first time. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if there was much more to say there. Are you excited? Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I've already played it, but uh, it's been a while. Same. I'm not as in love with Remedy as others. 
Yeah, but then again, I liked Quantum Break, so what do I know? This is my favorite Remedy game, or at least it was. It's been so many years, so we're going to have to put that to the test. Very good. So, And then uh, Forspoken with a new trailer as well. That look, Forspoken, I'm a little mixed in some ways. Mm-hmm. Writing and delivery on some of this is was a little cringy. Like the, like the, uh, uh, she's like, you know, it ha- what's the, is it called isekai anime or something? I genuinely don't know. That's the right word. I got to look. There's a term for anime where you, someone is teleported to a, like a fantasy world. I actually never I'm looking this term. up. Isekai is probably like some like weird, uh, you know, hentai related thing that yeah, I just brought right. up. Uh, isekai. Yeah, okay, that is the term. Anyway, like, throughout the trailer, she's like, holy shit, did I just move that with my mind? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. But I will say, the, the gameplay looked on point. It looked like... I felt like they were onto something with Final Fantasy XV with its fluid mobility, and this looks like they're taking it up a notch. And I, yeah. I like what i saw yeah i'm a little indifferent to this one i don't know why um the mobility looks great but as you said the writing and the delivery was less than adequate but something about the gameplay just didn't catch me i think it does remind me a little too much of final fantasy 15 and I remember watching Final Fantasy XV before launch being very excited by what I had seen, but when you controlled it as time went on, I liked it less because it was like holding circle. You weren't pressing buttons and interacting and responding to prompts or enemy design. Like when you went to do a counter, it would just put in the middle of the screen, at the heart of the screen, and it was a big picture. It said square to counter every time. So you just hold circle, attack, attack, attack. And anytime you saw that square pop up, you'd press that and you'd win every fight. And it just didn't feel good. So seeing anything feed off of that system, you know, it wasn't like a true evolution such as what Final Fantasy 16 looks like, where that almost reinvented 15 system and then brought some Witcher vibes into it. I'm very curious to see how Forspoken plays when I get my hands on it. Because right now, visually, I'm like, this does look cool. But I'm not necessarily sold based off a of past experience. I'm melding the two together now. Right. Yeah, it'll be, you know, it's a little different of a project for them. It's a, a Japanese team. They have American writer. Well, I think Gary Witta, is he from the UK, I think? Yes. But Amy Henning is also writing it along with two other writers. So Damn, they got a team. Um, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they got a whole team now. I think Amy Henning was just announced working on it uh yesterday. So I'm glad she found work. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But so yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. That one for sure. Okay. Uh okay, what else was in here? New Ghostwire Tokyo trailer delayed to twenty twenty two cool it's pretty similar to the other trailers yeah. i feel like I thought, or the last game like solid but that's all i really have to say on that one um okay if we're just lightly touching on other stuff there was that new game called uh, I'm, I'm guessing this is chia t-c-h-i-a mm. 
That's the one where you are you transform into the different animals. Yeah. A nice little indie project. That looked cute. I'm I was kinda, into it. Yeah, I'm kind of over these peaceful games right now. Guys, like, I want to fucking kill something. Yeah, not even that. It's more so like <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I guess it could definitely come across that way. I just want to murder in these games. Uh, I I really think it's just that. Uh, I unwind even if I'm beating the shit out of someone in a game. I don't need the game to like sure. lull me to bed. So I've just. Right. I like when a action game. Like, there's this game called Obscure Reference here. Shout out to anyone who guessed this. It's called Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. And there's a oh, part yeah. where you're running, like, your own farm. And there's, like, this 2D beat-em-up as well. I like when the action games incorporate peaceful elements rather than a whole game being peaceful. But that doesn't mean the game shouldn't exist. It looks neat. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards it. Yeah. Matt, I do want to briefly touch on Gran Turismo 7. Please. This is not a game for me. At all, I I am an idiot, dude. When I think I've shared this on this on the show before, I played Gran Turismo Sport at PSX, and I told the guy I was like, I'm really bad at these games. And he's like, Oh, you'll be fine. And then I was playing it. And he's like, You're actually worse than I thought you'd be. <laughs> the guy that works for PlayStation. I'm like, Thanks, bro. Did he say it like anyway. jokingly, or was he just like, you know, very judging? You like? Oh. He was like joking, but it felt it had a, it had an air to it that I didn't like, but. It's like, bro, I already admitted, and now you're yeah, kind of like rubbing he's it doubling in. Down, like he, he couldn't believe it because he probably didn't want you to go give a <laughs> negative coverage and call it like bad, even though right because like, you were you were bad at the game, <laughs> right? So anyway, this trailer I thought was such a good fucking trailer because this trailer to me screamed prestige. Mm. Like this is the premier racing game. Look at this. Look at how detailed. Look at how nice this is. Obviously, uh, you know, its main competitor, Forza, Forza uh, Motorsport, not uh, Horizon. I mean, Horizon's cool, but it's different. It's arcade, yeah. whereas this is more sim. Uh, very, you know, very different. Uh, I mean, different but similar, you know. They're obviously, their output of Forza games are, is so much higher than Gran Turismo games. But yeah. I'm curious for the people that are really into the sim car games what the opinions are of like which one is is better like is it worth the wait either way game looks stunning uh great trailer for sure but uh, is, is that one that you're you're not big on you play some racing games but not yeah i, I i'm just waiting for horizon 5 that you'll never catch me like double dipping into into racing games right you know I, I can't feel out the difference between them so very casual with them Nothing wrong with Gran Turismo 7. Uh, just when I saw it, I went, okay, that's fine. Glad it exists. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We had another Deathloop trailer that, you know, I'm just so was so tired of seeing Deathloop. Yeah. They, I get it. They need it, especially because it seems like right now there's not a lot of buzz around this game. None. People like you and I are excited, and I think people in our community are interested. But it's weird. There doesn't seem to be a big... Uh, buzz about it, which is kind of odd. I almost think but... uh, they pushed people away with how much they talked about it. I feel like they they either knew too you much, might be right, or they got tired of it. Um, there is a de- a degree of overexposure in media that some people aren't aware of, and it's not like when hype is high, there's no such thing as overexposure. But when there isn't hype and people don't know what a thing is, then you overexpose and people still don't get it. Um, I think it just em- emphasizes how important that first trailer is to games. Because I remember when I first saw Deathloop, I went, oh, I don't 
know what this really is. I just know it's got right. arcane like powers. I think they leaned into that a little bit too much. So yeah, I uh, I think people are tired of it, and I don't think the game will do very well. Yeah, yeah, we'll see next week. Yeah, next week. I mean, do very well sales wise. Sorry, I should have specified that. Right, right. Uh, GTA Five next gen <laughs> debut has been delayed. Oh man, March twenty twenty two. Oh man, we'll see. Uh, I don't so. know. It's so I, funny. I, I just people were cool at Skyrim, but the second GTA showed up, like Twitter blew up, like "fuck off, this is annoying, stop it." I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting there, like, <clears throat> okay. People are so annoyed, but I'm like, there's millions of people that play this game that are pumped. They will sell PS5s to to play GTA Five. Yeah, sadly, like they like or Sony will sell PS5s because the people want to play GTA Online uh, in a new and better way. Yeah. I know people that are into that That's so depressing uh rainbow six extraction uh we've seen this game so many times i don't it exists skip yeah. I'm, I'm saying a skip uncharted thieves end and lost legacy the pc ports that was surprising yeah which i think we do we talk about the image that with the leaked image Mm-mm. oh so there was a leaked image a few weeks ago that was, it was supposed to be the entire uncharted collection colin and i talked about it and i said I believe this is happening. I think this image is fake. Mm-hmm. And I was mostly right because a little surprised it's not the entire Uncharted collection. You know, they don't get one through three, but A Thief's End and Lost Legacy is cool. Also remastered. Do... Sorry, go on. Also for PS5. Also PS5 and PC, which is cool. I was going to say, do you think it has something to do with those games being originally PS3 games and something with bringing them over to PC being tough? But they did bring them up to PS4, no problem. So Right. I, that's what I was going to say is I think the heavy lifting was already done by mm-hmm. Bluepoint with that uh, the Nathan Drake collection. But who knows? Maybe there is an extra uh, leg there. So Yeah. I guess what's good yeah. is uh, I remember Chris mentioning this on an ep- episode of Sacred Symbols is um, – he had talked about how it was kind of weird that you had Uncharted 1 through 3, which ran at 60 FPS, and then you had, like, 4 and Lost Legacy, which did not. Um, as far as I know, I've actually never played either of them, but if memory serves me correctly. And so it's funny that the later games in the series need an update while the old ones were sort of preserved in just the right manner. Um, so right. I thought that was long overdue. But I liked uh, PlayStation's willingness to drop games on PC publicly. It wasn't mm-hmm. a sneaky little like, oh, it's coming to PS5, and then afterwards you see it's coming to PC. There were some games in in this showcase that were pretty well known to be coming to PS5, and I thought that was uh, really nice to see. Right. I mean, this I think all co- which though I don't believe that this port is being done by Nixus. I think this I think I saw somewhere it's being done by Iron Galaxy or something. Oh wow. Uh, but either way, they they bought a studio to make PC ports so i think that yeah we're gonna see more of that in the future for sure good we're down to the big four maddie the big four let's start with sorry i feel like i've taken over this segment no i I kind of like it i i host so much that (laughs) there's stress in directing (laughs) a conversation that sometimes i forget points i want to make all the time so yeah, that's why I'm really. Well, you'll be leading the, the questions. Is, is uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'll do yeah. that, but that's why I'm excited about live. Is there's a little more free flow to it where I think it's less mental stress for me. But uh, I I embrace that, Dustin. So thank you. 
So, okay, the first one of the big four. These aren't these are just in order of how I have them on my screen. God of War, Ragnarok, officially titled now God of War Ragnarok. We technically didn't know, but everyone assumed, and they were right. Gets an official trailer. Lots of gameplay in there. And let me tell you, Maddie, I I don't want to say I don't know how to feel. I just don't feel like how I expected. This is kind of what Chris was saying on Sacred is that this game looks exactly how, at least I expected. Maybe too much. Like okay, I'm not alone this, on that. Okay, good. This straight up looks like. I guess I just wanted it to look more next gen, like PS5. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Hundred percent. I think the one standout shot to me that I went, that's different. Was and I don't know how open it will be, but when Kratos stood on the vista and I looked out and I went, okay, this might address one of my big complaints with God of War, which was I thought the semi-open world exploration was not good. It was an amazing right. game, but that exploration was really disjointed. It felt awkward. And if they open things up more, which I know is difficult to do, but if they open it up more, I think I will be very happy. But, yeah, I, I, I agree entirely. When we were watching it, it looked good. They added a grappling hook, it seems. So a little bit more verticality, which I think will be refreshing. I didn't really think about that until I saw that combat that, okay, a lot of the combat in the original God of War from 2018 was pretty horizontal. You were pretty stapled to the ground um, and it functioned totally fine that way. But adding a little bit of a vertical vertical uh, uh, spice, can't find the word for it, is going to help it. But beyond that, it felt... And I guess this might be what a sequel should do. It, it brings up a fun talking point, but it was familiar. And I don't know if it was familiar in a good way. And, of course, that means the story is going to have to carry some of the weight if it's awfully familiar. But I think one of the reasons it looked too familiar was we didn't see really any new weapons outside of that yeah. grappling hook. Any Anything new. Um, it, you saw the axe swirling around, being thrown couple of new executions you saw the the blades of chaos um you saw the shield all the old tricks were put into motion but nothing new outside of that grappling hook really stood out to me on a gameplay front but did i miss anything or was was that the same for you no and that's yeah i'm trying to think of the distinction here because i feel like when i saw horizon forbidden west it didn't feel like this it didn't feel like uh i don't know like a direct continuation it felt like kind of a new a new thing where this it seriously feels like uh a sidestep uh, i think yeah in a way it just like no i think that's so true because i and i wonder if it's because god of war was so well designed originally that it's not something you can display like the open right. world, unless you're playing it, then maybe that's the evolution that, for example, I was looking for. But something like Horizon was all bow and arrow. So seeing any type of up-close melee interaction was a significant step forward immediately for pretty much every player across the board. And then the swimming and the traversal. So I think that's a really good point, though. I didn't even think of that. That Yeah, there was, to me, I feel more excited about Horizon than I do for God of War. Um right. So, I mean, I'm totally fine with that, too. I think Horizons World is dope. I think, to be clear to the audience, I'm really excited about this game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play it the day it comes out. I think it'll probably be fantastic. 
Um, and I, I don't even say I'm disappointed with the trailer. Just because um, I don't really know what I I, I don't need like a, to reinvent God of War again. No. Um, but there's a, a degree of playing it too safe, possibly. And yeah, that could be a problem, but we'll see. I trust that there's more stuff up their sleeves that they have to show us with the combat that will help differentiate itself. But I think it's totally fair to say right now that like they didn't show they showed a lot, but they didn't show a lot of stuff to me that went, oh, OK, this is new story stuff. They did, by the way, they went ham with that. But gameplay wise did not feel particularly grabbed by anything brand new. Right. So. I think these two we can tie together. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one came first. Spider-Man 2 or Wolverine. Wolverine. So, yeah. Wolverine they showed first. Which we just got this light little teaser about it. No gameplay or anything. And this game is probably a, a long way off. But I think that the most interesting thing, actually, about Wolverine, to me, is the studio. Insomniac. Because... In tandem, we got the announcement of Spider-Man 2, Mm -hmm. and that's coming in 2023 exclusively to PS5. No PS4 version, which is good to hear. Yes. But, man, Insomniac. What do they got in the drinks there? (laughs) Impressive. It really is. I don't know, dude. It's crazy. They, uh, you know, I'm guessing, here's the thing, that... Maybe my theory's wrong, but I've been hypothesizing that uh, they're also going to have a VR game ready for the launch of PSVR, oh my uh, the next one, <laughs> because they they have a lot of chops making VR games at Oculus or with Oculus mm-hmm. before they got bought by Sony. That's true. So it makes total sense, and the, we know that they're a multi-team studio, multi-location studio, so... The fact they have Spider-Man 2 lined up for 2023, and then they're working on a Wolverine game. Uh, I, in fact, I think that, Maddie, I don't know how, we can take this however you want. I feel like Spider-Man 2, the trailer was cool. Venom looks like they're maybe, they're kind of maybe hinting at co-op. Mm-hmm. But with Wolverine, man, it's like uh, they have the full trust of of Marvel and Disney now. They're giving them another, I mean, Wolverine is a fan favorite. Yes. And just like Spider-Man, not as big as Spider-Man, but still like that's uh, yeah, big as well known for sure. Big deal. So yeah. what, what do you, how are you feeling about all this? That was, I thought it was really interesting. The announcement order, right? Cause they put a date yeah. on Spider-Man. They did not put a date on Wolverine. And I wonder if it's because they would have like created too much of a mental gap. If they went here's Spider-Man coming in 2023 and then here's Wolverine coming in like 2026. I just love how Insomniac functions because it's how I want a lot of other multi-studio organizations to function. You know, we hear about how Assassin's Creed, to get it out every three years, you've got a 1,000 employees working on it across all Ubisoft studios. And I'm like, why don't you split them up into three teams and have them all make their own different games? And you still got 300, 400 people per team. That's still enough to make a big game. Um, of course, the same thing with Bethesda. Bethesda Game Studios has four studios underneath their umbrella but they make like one game every five years uh so it's i just look at a lot of different teams and i love what insomniac's doing for me you know it's funny because you we were there for it too like carrick and i have talked about co-op spider-man and carrick would always shut it down and be like i don't want to get excited don't 
talk about it. And so we wouldn't. Right. And that was on ham radio. We we always did that. So to actually see it happen, I was like, holy fuck. They're actually – it looks like they're doing Spider-Man co-op. Um, I'm not even – like I don't even give Spider-Man a second thought. But in fairness, I and by that I mean like I'm not concerned. I just know it's going to be good. It's one of those things I just feel it's going to be good. Um, they just had such a grip on what made a Spider-Man game great and as a character great in the first one that there's no doubts. And I think that Marvel shared that feeling and it's why they probably were given Wolverine because enthusiasm drives these types of projects. Like you could tell Insomniac fucking loved Spider-Man and that's so important for these types of IP because the people who are buying them either are interested or want to connect to the IP like others do or are like me and many others who really love them and share a connection with that hero. And so the, the studio making them, yeah, I think that's why you're seeing them go like, yeah, Insomniac, do this, and here's another, do that as well. Uh, and this is something I want to talk about in a separate video. Xbox has to do something because they've got Star Wars. They've got Disney stuff. Dustin's mom's in the room. Let's go. There she goes. <laughs> Hello? Uh, hi, how's it going? Sorry. No, it's good. Yeah, I, I saw you laughing. I was just quickly getting some she coffee. Like, I'm she, sorry. like, shimmied out of the room. Oh, yeah. I I think she – well, I didn't ask her to bring it to me, but she did, and that was very nice. That was my mom. Yeah. She just came by. Yeah, I made the announcement. Uh, but what I was saying is I, Xbox needs to focus up because now you've got – we'll talk about it in a sec – Star Wars. Two, three in total Marvel games. That's – that's pretty hard ball to play against. You know, they're doing a good job, Xbox, investing in their own first parties. But PlayStation is getting very easy to market IP and giving them to very talented studios. And Xbox right now, they've got Indiana Jones, which is going to Machine Games, who I think is pretty good. They're not Insomniac level, but that's also very hard to reach. But that's yeah. it. And then you've got Sea of Thieves, Pirate's Life, and... That is great for Sea of Thieves fans, but that wasn't like the level of what we're seeing from PlayStation, who's doing an excellent job nurturing a very intelligent relationship. Because if they want to compete with Xbox, this is what they need to do, right? And when I say if they want to compete, like I'm talking about Game Pass and value, you go and get the big brand names that no one can deny is extremely popular, and you force people to come to your system. So I think it's really wise of them. They're doing the exact right thing, and Xbox needs to be aware of that. They got to do something about it because they're losing out big time. The fact that KOTOR is on PlayStation as a console exclusive, it's also coming to PC, but the fact that it's on PlayStation, bad. Bad, 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 bad Xbox. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like imagine, I mean, indie is good mm -hmm. for Xbox for sure, but like. Of course. If they had like Captain America, the game, that would be whoop. right, right. That'd be something. You're just what's happening though is let's say I just want to talk hypotheticals. Let's say PlayStation's trying to set up this deal with Marvel through multiple games to start somehow branching these storylines together because everyone loves the multiverse shit. As you let PlayStation really have that that relationship marinate with Marvel and Disney. You slowly, as Xbox, are going to lose access to doing something like that. 
because as their plans develop together, they're going to start to shut the door because they're going into a 10-year roadmap now and really closing the door on you. So that's the thing that I hope Xbox is pretty fucking clearly aware of. And like you said, Indiana Jones is great. I love Indiana Jones, so I'm hyped about that. Um, but they need to be a little bit more competitive with known IP on a big brand yeah. level. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, I wonder too, I might be misremembering, but there is also an element of the fact that I think X-Men, Sony had the movie rights to, mm -hmm. so there's some heritage there as well, but I'm not entirely sure. I actually wasn't aware of that. I thought X-Men was yeah. Fox. Maybe it is. You now. might be I right. Know. I know, I'm trying, I know, I know there's something. Else. Both Spider-Man and X-Men have some weird rights related to it, which is why the X-Men, at least initially, and, and especially not in their well-known form, are in the Marvel, the MCU. Mm -hmm. But now there are, I don't know, I'm, the nerds are going to be raging out on me pretty soon. I know there's some X-Men or X-Men, like, isn't some of the... Okay, I should stop. I'm, I'm going to stop while I'm <laughs> not even to complete the stop. thought. Just, no, fuck it. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I respect it. Maddie, do we want to talk about the big boy, the show opener? Do I? Yeah, boy. I dressed. I dressed Knights of the, the Old Republic. Remake. Mm -hmm. Not remaster. Remake. Indeed. Coming exclu Launching exclusively for consoles on PS5, but we have to assume PC also. Yes, they said it's also going to be on PC. So PS5 and PC, and eventually Xbox. So, mm -hmm. But still, that exclusive launch, big deal. Very big deal. Um, Very big deal, indeed. Yeah, I was, how are you uh... feeling? All right, so yeah, I sort of pulled the lid off a lot of the scoops I had yesterday on this game. Because what happened is I was talking to a group of people who were consistently feeding me information. And I wanted to keep letting people know because I knew they were hungry like me but I also didn't want to I wanted to make sure these sources were accurate um and now that everything has come to fruition they're bulletproof so I really you know spilled the beans on what I'm hearing release window wise remaster wise what I'm hearing about gameplay and uh, Dustin you can confirm this <laughs> because I was at your house, right? So, yes. So, um that was well, can I share that? Do you want me to um not specifically, wait, but I'm it... saying you can affirm that I have sources. Yes. And, okay, and... I'll uh, yeah, I can affirm. Yes. Sorry. I will if you yeah, that's a, an extra layer there. Yes. Thank you. And um I'm very excited on one front. And uh of course, there's always some lingering concerns with any type of remake i've expressed them with dead space and i'm going to express them here of course in a little bit but uh when it comes to the kotor remake uh i'm just going to reiterate what i said in my video uh what i have heard uh which once again this source has been accurate every step of the way through uh is that they are targeting uh fall 20 or not fall holiday 2022 but it will likely slip into 23 which I would genuinely expect, given that we're not all fully shifted into offices. In the stream, they talked about how they were like working to the game on the game together online. Like they mentioned, video calls. 
So I don't think Aspire is working in a studio together yet uh, where I would just say go with the latest date possible. So expect it in 2023. Um, Combat-wise, is going to be a little more action-focused. I don't know how much they're dealing away or doing away with the real-time strategy, but it is going to be more action-focused. Um, and then remaster-wise, this had already been reported, but then it'd be re- reaffirmed to my end, uh, is that they are going to bring the classic KOTOR to modern systems at the end of this year, more than likely. So um, a lot of movement in the IP, which I think makes sense, given we've heard rumbling of a new the old Republic trilogy movie series coming. Um, we're, we've been getting books about the high Republic, which is this era between the old Republic and prequels, uh, which by the way is pretty solid from what I've read um, throughout the books. But all in all, you know, now that I've let it soak in for 24 hours, I'm still very excited. Um, but there is a, a little bit of, a little bit of um, skepticism online over this. We have Aspire, who has only done ports slash remasters of older games. This is their first real big project, Dustin. And I want to know, because, of course, you know I've been studying this company for years, probably seven years. So I'm very familiar with Aspire. But for you, sort of just loosely tracking it, likely through me, if anything, um, I want to pass it to you before I share any concerns or excitement. What do you think about uh, them working on the remake and sort of uh, the the announcement in general? I think, uh, you know, Spire's been around for a long time. So that is good in that sense. And they've done a lot of really good ports. But again, this is their first project like this. Uh, you almost kind of wish that they had um, uh, a first outing. A test run, yeah. A test run that wasn't something that had this much weight to it, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's you know good. We give them the the benefit of the doubt for the most part. You know, I mean, I don't know. We we approach everything with with some skepticism, as with this, and we'll go along as we see more. But I think that the one thing, and I think you understand this, but I don't know if everyone does, is that they're putting remake bold. Uh, in front, mm-hmm. so this game is not going to have the same combat system. Like, I I feel like I can guarantee that. Like, this game is going to be modernized, and yeah, we know some fans are not going to like that. Mm-hmm. But that's how you remake a game for the modern yeah. audience. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm I haven't played Kotor in so long, so I don't remember if it feels like the combat systems hold up or they, not, or if they just need they some improve, they don't. So yeah, it's one of the, it's like, I would be looking at this like final fantasy seven remake in that this is going to be a pretty big overhaul for hey, sure. Funny little story. I believe that's what Aspire was looking at before this remake. So, okay. You know, um, just once again, a good angle to take. Cause I think, what I am preparing for mentally is I think this will retain – I don't know this, by the way. I should cut it there with the sources stuff. What I am expecting is I, I think they're going to hold the core of the twist, uh, the planet arcs, but 
uh, also the character arcs. But I think a lot is going to change. And I know I'm very biased, of course, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm giving you this very fair take. But there has been lingering concerns online, not only with Aspire, but their various writers on the team, um, where some people are worrying that they're going to really jam up these characters, jam up this story, and uh, completely reinvent it, even if Aspire's openly said we want to honor the authenticity of the story. I mean, I've, I'm of the mindset, just what else are they going to say? <laughs> You know, they're not going to sit there and go, we're changing things because they know the PR shitstorm that would bring them. Um, so I, I just hope that they have a delicate hand in crafting it because I was talking to someone on Twitter and the way I defined it is I can only speak for my own personal experience on writing in games is it's very intoxicating when you get into a rhythm. It's very powerful because it's this blank canvas that you can craft whatever story you wish on top of it. And I feel like when you're working with existing stuff, that intoxication, that power can seep into things that do not need changing. So I look at that and think to myself, what I'm seeing online, the concern, the discourse, it's getting a little toxic for my taste because people are bringing politics into it. They're digging up old tweets. And I'm like, look, people change, people develop. And I'm hoping that we can just focus on is this person a Star Wars fan, and do they care about KOTOR? Because at the end of the day, much like what I said with Marvel, I think that's what drives these projects, is you got to give a fuck about the license. You can't just be like, eh, yeah, KOTOR, it's solid. you got to love it. I'm sorry, you got to. you got to have something there or know someone who, who cares about it enough to push you over the edge because that's where a lot of people fell in the concerned pile. Um and so I just hope that the combat does see a reinvention, which, from what I've seen, it it will. Um, and that the story remains pure. I'm talking like mute protagonist, same create a character. I'm sorry, more in-depth create a character. One of the shortcomings of KOTOR was the portrait system. It's just like you pick a set of models and whatever. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I, I really hope that a lot of their innovation comes in the gameplay and creation space because I don't know how much like agency there will be, how many dialogue options there will be. This is the stuff that, um, we'll have to wait and see over time, but it's very surreal. I even get like almost like tingles in my hands thinking about it. Like what is the undercity of Terrace going to look like? What is that story going to be like now? Is it still going to be about the swoop gangs? Or, I'm sorry, the lower city, not the undercity. Is is it going to be segmented as much as uh, the original KOTOR was, where you had three levels? You had a, a, a north side of the city, upper terrace, and a south side. Are they going to combine them now? How do you expand these planets? That's why I think it's so exciting on one front, because the gameplay and world changes can be massive in a good way. But I just hope they don't get so carried away that they absolutely disembowel this story that is so special. It is a timeless tale that you can't, like, 
I need to emphasize this because I know some of their staff listens. You cannot fuck this up. Not because I love it. You cannot fuck up this story because it is a classic Star Wars tale that is beloved. It is the best, once again, not my opinion. It is the best Star Wars game ever made. This cannot be drastically overhauled. It needs to be as pure as possible. That's all I've really got to say on it. They're probably listening to you right now, Maddie. You're like one of the authorities. I on, hope uh, so, right? You I, hope there is. I hope someone hears. I, it. Clip, I someone clip this out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just i I know some of their staff and Bioware listen to my stuff, so it's like, all right. I rarely do that where I get on my soapbox and it's like I'm going to speak directly to you. In fact, I don't fucking think I ever do that outside of straight up video content where maybe they'll skim across it, where it's just like you assume. But yeah, I just wanted to emphasize it here, like it's really important to make sure that there there are creative liberties that I think people will be okay with them taking on various planets. Um, like, I think they could have, as much as I love Manon as a planet, how they handled the trial, like the kind of quick, like bang, 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 um, could have been done a little bit better, a little bit more expansive, uh, where there isn't a fail state there that fucks you over if you save in the wrong spot. Um, there's certain things like that that can be adjusted, but Limit the creative liberties. I don't know how else to put it. Be smart with when you use them. But Dustin, yeah. that's my long-winded way of going about it. What do you think about anything else with KOTOR and the status of this uh, remake? The, not much else. I mean, I'm I'm excited. Um, yes. I think it's cool that they're doing it, and uh, I'm I'm just so curious about how it'll turn out and when it will come out or what they're when they're trying to get it out, whatever, but right. great way to open the show. Yeah. No doubt. Yes. Very exciting. I was so happy they did before it, the uh, city of play or whatever, because I, I told Chris, it, it completely depressed me and not in like I was sad, but like it yeah. completely <laughs> just flattened my emotions. And I'm like, all right, wow. They really took four minutes to do this. And so I completely right. just evened out when I was on edge because like I guess I, did I say this in the show? I don't know, but I'll say it again. I was getting emails. I was getting DMs saying, are you watching the showcase today? I was like, yeah, of course. Why? And they're like, good. This the show's got your name written on it. I was like, mm. okay. Like I was getting, yeah, I was getting the heads up. Like no one was saying what it was, but when I heard about a year ago that this is likely going to be PlayStation five exclusive, I was like, all right, maybe it'll be at the showcase, but I don't, I wore my Sly Cooper shirt to sort of like, counter will it into existence because i feel like whenever oh. i sport this shirt it's like a it's like a bad omen <laughs> it never yeah. is there so right. i wanted to save it for the day after that's right all right that's, all right man um, well that's it yeah. sony coming uh coming with a strong conference i think Indeed. it wasn't um how do i say this like it was a little overall like a little bit of a safe conference I think. Yeah, a couple of reasons to really secure it, if you will, as a good show. Yeah, but it was good. I liked it. It was 40 minutes, unlike Xbox's 90 fucking minutes of trebuchets yeah. two weeks ago or whatever. They got to take notes, So, man. yeah, but it was good. I agree. I thought it was a really good showcase, and um, I think it was worth the silence, quite frankly. All right, let's talk about, uh, or talk to, rather, the patrons. We have a lot of write-ins because, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, we uh, hopped out of last week's show because, you know, we had 
uh, the the Last Stand Media weekend, and so we're gonna pick it up with Pen and Pant on August thirtieth. Okay. Hello, hello Hamboni Rigatoni. I'm here today to defend Crocs from the heinous and malicious comments made by Maddie. One, they're absolutely not quote just a home shoe end quote. Two, I'm not a judgy person. Mister Maddie plays. Then proceeds to demolish my whole career for wearing Crocs. <laughs> Three, how dare you compare Crocs to Skechers, not even in the same league. Skechers wish they had the versatility of Crocs. Four, I work for a before and after care program, and most of my coworkers have a pair of Crocs they have worn to work and in public. Five, how about you go, Mr. Maddie, play with some Crocs. You might like them. Final point, two modes, one shoe. For, one, for context, I'm referring to the sport mode and the Rox mode. Dustin knows. They, they oh, have, I know. They have modes in their shoes. There's a um. So there's like a uh, a thing. I'm trying to think of the word. You can like flip it back, and then it secures your heel into the shoe. That's sport mode. <laughs> and then you flip it up, and that's the relaxed. Y'all go outside in these things. Are I you, are you serious? You flip your little thing. heel up, and you're like, I'm in, I'm Dustin. I'm in sport mode. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Uh. No disrespect to Pen and Pant here. I would not wear these out in public, personally. <laughs> I don't care if you want to. I don't see someone in Crocs and I'm not like, you know, like, oh. how dare they? Ugh. Oh. Like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I personally don't want to wear Crocs in public. Of course, because you'll get that look, right? There are people like that exist. We may not do that. I might, but you may not. Not anyway. <laughs> I might if I, <laughs> I see a f- egregious pair of camo Crocs in a in a fucking outlet, I'm gonna be like, what? What happened? What? What drove you to this? Was it just the slip-on nature? Because here's the thing: there's no fashion sense to them. They're these hulking mm. pieces of plastic. So I can only assume you were rushing out the door. You can only assume, right? At one point, there was a. I, I heard someone tell me that you can eat Crocs, like you can melt them down, and they're edible. What are they made but... of? Maybe they're not plastic. Maybe there's something biodegradable within them <laughs> that's actually I, maddie i shit you not i just typed in can you eat cocks on google oh no because <laughs> i was the first result said can a human pe-? okay i'm just gonna read you okay youtube fuck you you're already gonna demonetize yeah, gonna say, the last show's been episode. demonetized like three weeks in a row so go for it here's okay wait <laughs> the top result when you say can you eat cock or is a, a Quora article that says, can a human penis be eaten? And what would happen to those dot, dot, dot? Like, oh, it's just no. like somebody. Uh, I got to get the answer. There's got to be an answer in there. Can you eat cocks? Okay, wait. Um, I'm clicking. Okay, we're going into we're going to the dark web here, Manny. I guess so. Uh, it's it's not loading. Uh, result two said eating penis in Beijing's penis restaurant, China. <laughs> What? There's a, a penis, penis restaurant. Amazing. What? Dude, that's news to me. Holy shit. That takes okay, well, eat a dick to a new level when you say that to a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, this site's not lo- loading, so I think that's a sign. That's okay. a sign that we should not no, learn no more about eating cocks. No need to press it, right? It was a typo. Can you eat crocs, though? That was the real thing you were searching. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think you can. Okay. Um, can you... Eat Crocs. Are Crocs edible? The answer isn't what you think. 
The simple answer is yes. Crocs are edible because they're made from resin and don't contain any toxic substances. So theoretically, if you eat Crocs, they won't harm, harm your body significantly. Significantly. Except <laughs> maybe distress, in, uh, distress ingestion or and bowel movement movements. Oh, God. Yeah, can you see this is break a thing... down a Croc when you eat it? That's the question. I swear, like, I was, like, at, like, a fire or, like, a fire with, like, at, like, uh, a family camp thing I went to. And I swear someone was like, yeah, you could eat those. And I never <laughs> thought about it since then until now. Uh, but you know, someone had to have ate one to figure that out, right? Like that's what had to have happened, right? In a survival situation, um, you know, would you would you eat the Crocs? Yeah, but, right. If you wore them, you were dumb enough to go out in the woods with Crocs. Could you yeah. just survive the whole fucking time? Just eat, eat them, you eat, know. Eat your shoe bit by bit. Here's the good part. At least, I, so I would not recommend eating eating them but i'm glad that this is enough of a question uh that i don't feel like an idiot because there's multiple uh pages wow. about can you eat them wow. so impressive this has been a wild ride maddie from the crocs to the to crocs. <laughs> the, the crocs to the cocks and then back to the crocs once again wow all right our next question comes from chow 365 what's up ham fam hope the day is going well for you boys my question this week is if you had any franchise you wanted to turn into a turn-based rpg what would it be and why for me i know this may sound crazy but i would love to see gta scenes throw or watch dogs get the yakuza like a dragon treatment and be turned into an rpg i would love to get your guys opinions on what franchises you would love to see get this treatment thanks boys and have a great day hmm mm. That's tough. Here's a random idea. Uh, there was a mobile phone game mm. called that was a Doom RPG. What? Bring it back. Wow. Do, bring back Doom RPG. Wow. That would be crazy. Let me let me look this up real quick. Yeah, it's called. It was called Doom RPG. Wow. I didn't know that. Existed. Uh, it's interesting. And it uses the original Doom graphics, and it ran on smartphones. I don't remember if it was any good, but. Uh, th that might be kind of neat, you know. Doom Slayer like has specific moves, uh, for different enemies where he can like, you know, rip his arm off or whatever, use a grenade. Could be interesting. So my quick I and dirty. I've heard of this series a lot for spinoffs, but I want to see Halo do that. Oh, we saw Halo Wars kind of flirt with it, right? More real time strategy. I would love to see them do like a tactics game like Gears Tactics or really like a if we're talking like a raw turn based game, that'd be fucking insane. I'd 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 be up a wall over that as much as I was when I was playing Halo Infinite. Like that would be so different and so cool. I don't think they would ever do that. But if I could pick a franchise, that's what comes to mind right away. I, I think Halo is so unexplored on a game level, um, that I would I would love to see them try something like that. All right. Damn. Here we go. Next question comes from Golden Goose, whose profile picture is me and him together, which is pretty dope. What's up, Ham Boys? I hope this had reached you in good spirits. Wanted to write in for the final episode of Ham with first with both a comment and a question. First off, Dustin, how dare you defend the single worst candy on the face of the earth, candy corn, but say that you no longer like circus peanuts? <laughs> now for the question. What's one amazing memory you guys have of being on Ham Radio? Hope you gentlemen have a lovely day 
and hopefully I get a chance to meet you both at the live Last Stand Media event. Oh, so this is before all of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you did meet us, Golden Goose. Congratulations. Hey, Golden Goose, say it to my face next time. So he didn't say little it. Little bitch. He wrote it in. And he did? Oh. Yeah, you know, he wrote this in, and then I, I remember meeting this gentleman. Didn't say anything about candy corn. They shake your hand, really gas you up. Oh, you little gas, little Dustin. Sign my poster. No, <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare to disrespect candy corn on this show. Well, I don't actually don't know how. This is your show, Matty. No, it's my show now. This is I the mean, last yeah, show. You, yeah. So fuck it. Candy corn, don't disrespect a golden goose. How dare you? All right. Uh, got a memory. Ham radio memory. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I feel like we had a lot of like absolute insane moments with Carrick yes. when I was on here. Yeah, spurred definitely. on by by just I, I, Carrick. I mean, Carrick just like you never know what he's going to say. Like you <laughs> talking about like the orgy. Uh, there was some talk early on when he was saying about like being between two different women or something that was uh pretty raunchy. Yeah, but yeah. awesome <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite recent one, I, I remember the episode exactly. We had Fighting Cowboy on as a guest. It was our last episode before the holiday break. We were talking about cyberpunk and how maybe CD Projekt Red could try to manage a bounce back. And Carrick was off the fucking walls that episode. Like, he was just saying wild shit every 10 minutes. And yeah. then at one point... He just does the most grotesque gesture talking about Sony fans and starts like making oh, yeah. sounds. And yeah. we just all burst out fucking laughing. Oh, that was the ooh. Yeah. 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 When he did that, he's like, oh, I can't oh, repeat almost, it. Yeah. I, you know what I'm talking he, about. Yeah, he really got into it and everything. I was like, holy shit. I remember this is not Carrick, by the way. He he DM'd me afterwards. He's like, Was I a little too off that episode? If you want, you can get some of that out. And I was like, I think it's fine. I thought it was. I think the audience is going to think it's hilarious, so I kept it in. And they did. You know that it. episode not demonetized, but something that we're doing now. Is, I know uh, it's so too true. rough. I know because he was like, "Yeah, if, I don't want you to get demonetized." And I'm like, "Dude, it's the podcast. It's fine." You know, we want them to have the most like raw version of our show possible. And for those who don't know, what Dustin and I are referring to is the last three weeks, Ham Radio has just been demonetized. Like none of my other videos, knock on wood, have been demonetized. Nor do I want that. But ham radio has been. And I'm like, someone's got it out against ham radio podcast. I don't like that. Right. Which, by the way, that's not part of the decision to end the show for you. Oh, uh, yes. Just so people know. Yeah. It's uh, that. It barely made The money. decision to end the show already happened, and then they started demonetizing. Yeah. So maybe someone at YouTube was like, fuck you. I love this show. Yeah. So how dare you end it? Yeah. I think beyond but, that, um, let's see here. One of my favorite memories, of course was the Brian T. Delaney interview with myself, Lone, and Noah. I remember that just being a real surprise because I had tweeted out, like, who wants to see them on the podcast? And then they, both Courtney Taylor and Brian T. Delaney had responded. But uh, this is, of course, no disrespect to Courtney Taylor. But Brian T. Delaney was just the exact opposite of what I think everyone was expecting, that his interview, I want to say, almost played a major factor in people buying in to some extent, to the main protagonist being voiced. While it was very not Fallout, they had a guy who was, like, clearly energetic and excited about the opportunity. And he he's a great friend and uh, one of the nicest people I've met uh, through this platform. 
So for me, that was like, that's an all-timer episode. We still get write-ins referencing that. And I don't think we've ever conducted a, a better interview or more fun, I should say, interview since. That was a really good one. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot. I think we get this question again later from Grimblades. We can, we can, we can double back. Extend it there. Yeah. Let's move on to Dan Excel. Hey, fellas. First time writing in. I'm new to the Patreon. I'm happy to be supporting y'all. I've been listening to each of you already on Sacred Symbols and Defining Duke for a while now, and I figured it's time to get a double dose of you fine gentlemen. On to the question. I was wondering if either of you actively listen to any other podcasts. It could be podcasts related to sports, gaming, politics, cooking, etc. Podcasts have always been take, have been taking off over the years. And a successful host of Ham and LSM, I'd be curious to know what you listen to, whether you draw inspiration or ideas from anywhere else. Thank you for taking the question. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Thank you, Dan Excel, and appreciate you joining up as well. Dustin, do you listen to podcasts a lot? Not so much uh, anymore. Uh, especially like I actually intentionally don't listen to any gaming podcast now because I don't want anyone affecting my thought process. Uh, so yeah, before though, I used to listen, I mean, years, this was years ago, but like I really enjoyed, uh, easy allies, especially when Kyle Bossman was there. People know it's like a known thing that I'm like a big Kyle Bossman fan. Yeah, I get to, <laughs> um, he's awesome. Uh, his new channel is great too. Um, right now though, if I do listen to a pro- podcast, I'm probably as stereotypical as it is. Uh, I'm listening to like Joe Rogan or something like okay. that. Interesting. Um, so I, but other um, than that, yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I do still tune into sacred symbols. Um, I think you guys just, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's what helps our network is like, I'm still a fan of the content, even though yeah. we all work together. Like I actually listened to an episode of Sacred Symbols driving to Butler, like because you know I was just getting bored. Um, I think it's an excellent show. It just it really is the best PlayStation podcast. So uh, I always enjoy that. I think it keeps me on my toes because you know Colin and I are both leading these main products on the platform, and I want to make sure that I'm doing my own thing, but I'm also keeping the like understanding fully what the Last Stand identity is because you know it's not my own thing where I have my own vision. You know I want to make sure. I'm fully in line with that. Um, and so I, I talk about stuff. I'm talking about things like typically fo- the folks will know we didn't tackle really tough topics on ham radio, like things revolving around politics, harassment in the industry, all that stuff. Not because we didn't want to, but because a lot of people enjoyed that we were free of that to some extent, but also um, I didn't want to say the wrong thing at times. And I realized I was sort of afraid of myself. And so listening to sacred kind of, taught me that we shouldn't skirt these topics. And so now, for example, on Defining Duke, we just talked about what happened with Tripwire, um, which was intimidating. But I want to take on those podcasting challenges a little bit more. Uh, So not to turn into a thing about myself, but yeah, outside of that, I really don't listen to many. Um, I, I have tried to in the past, but I feel like my head is in such a creative space this last year and a half that... I'm really in a rhythm that I don't want to disrupt. Uh, so there's content creators I watch. I still watch videos occasionally, not as much as I used to, but I still like to watch opinion pieces on games, uh, news breakdowns in particular crevices. Cause I just think while I totally get where you're coming from and it's why I don't watch as much gaming content. I like to hear other perspectives and know just what 
people on other platforms are thinking. I find that interesting and it's usually in points of weakness. Like I'll watch Nintendo YouTubers. I don't watch RPG YouTubers. I don't, I don't need to, but like Nintendo YouTubers, I find particularly interesting PlayStation YouTubers. I find interesting. Um, not because it's not an area of expertise, but I just like to know what that ecosystem is thinking. And I'll, I'll tap into an Xbox video or two, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really listen to podcasts cause I'm usually not, this is not, unless I'm driving, I'm not like bullshitting in my house where I could just grind right. one out. So that's what I got for you on that. I'm trying to do a DoorDash in the meantime while we uh, answer these fantastic questions. Would you like me to read one while you while you dash while you door and that dash? That would be great. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Okay. Uh, next one's from Logan B. If you guys could take one developer and decide what game they create, which dev would you choose, and what game would they be making? Could be a sequel based on a franchise or something entirely new. My pick would be Naughty Dog making a Fallout spinoff similar to The Last mm. of Us or Bethesda Game Studios making a Star Wars RPG. I'm going to mm. make this so simple. I want From Software to make Bloodborne 2. Mm. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's truly the answer. That's like the game I want right? Uh, more than anything right now. But I don't know if we're ever going to get it. But that's okay. I'm, I've accepted that. Yeah. Elden Ring is going to be very good, but Bloodborne 2 would be amazing. Um, hmm. A sequel based on a franchise or something entirely new. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, give me Mega Man X9. You know, we got X8 back Ooh. in like 2000, what, four? Like, it, it, it was a PS2 era game and we have not seen a new x game since either that or they kind of already did this but uh with with maverick hunter but like remake the first Mega Man x i don't know but i would love to just see a new Mega Man x game uh that series has been dormant for far too long they released a new mainline Mega Man game 11 just a couple of years ago so i feel like that would be really nice to see yeah Dustin, I ordered a uh, roasted turkey panini. Oh, yeah. a paninus. A panini. <laughs> Isn't that a horrible joke? But anytime someone says panini, I can't resist but say paninus. I guess it's just the theme <laughs> for the show, right? The cocks. The, I, dude, I, there's some Freudian shit going on in my mind, apparently. You know? All right. You said Grimblade circles back around, so let's pick it up there. Let's do it. I know the show isn't, quote, going away, end quote. But given that this will be the last episode in the pre-recorded style, it seems like a good time to reminisce. I have a few questions, but you don't need to answer them all. So we did answer what our favorite memory of Ham Radio Podcast was. But the second question is, what kind of questions have you enjoyed answering the most? Three, if you could give any advice to your younger self when you first started podcasting, doesn't have to be Ham Podcast necessarily, what would it be? So we can definitely do those last two, unless you have more memories that you want to toss out there. Let's do the last two. Okay. Um... And I can make them pretty quick. Uh, the questions I personally enjoy the most, this is going to sound weird, but I actually enjoy the personal and non-gaming questions the most mm -hmm. because, though, not that I don't, I love the gaming questions as well, but we talk about gaming so many hours throughout the week that a little off-the-wall question, yeah, uh, a little personal question is always refreshing uh, to get. 
it gets and it, as gives, far as, it gives the show life, right? Because like for example, right. I'm sure the most enjoyable part for people in this show was when we were looking at Crocs and Cox. Like it's just uh yeah. I think there's something legendary about that. So I'm with you. Right. Yeah, I I just want to answer that in, in tandem that for me it's it's definitely the the personal questions, the off the wall ones because I, I always say this, anyone can talk about games. That's why I always encourage people to go start it up, but like you can't have a forced good chemistry you can't force like a funny conversation like it just has to happen and sometimes that's through like a a poke in through the audience and like leading us off track um and then us trying to guide us back on track you know so i'm with you on that i love the more off the wall personal questions right yeah so the advice that i have uh that i if i could give my younger self is that uh your first podcast is probably not going to work out, mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, but you have to do it because you will learn so much by doing. And, you know, maybe you're, I, I don't want to sound pessimistic. Maybe your first podcast will work out and you can gather a small audience. But um, that's, that's like uh, when I started on Sacred, there were some people that were like, man, Dustin's a natural at podcasting. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, you've been like, doing it. It's from the years of doing podcasts for, no, like, practically nobody. Um, and that, that equipped me. So don't let the downloads uh, scare you away, whatever. If this is something you want to commit to doing long term, you got to build up the the skills to talk for two to three hours at a time. You got to learn the skills to manage and promote and do a show. And that will hopefully eventually get you somewhere. Um, so the key is perseverance through it. Mm. Very well said. That would have been my answer. I'm going to go with tapping myself on the shoulder and saying, hey, diversify things a little bit. I remember when we first started the show, we were a Bethesda-only podcast. And Noah had urged us a lot to be more general gaming, which was not as popular when we started this show in 2014. And I was actually against it. I was like, no, we're going to do Bethesda only because the numbers were insane. But guess what happened when Bethesda said bye-bye? They went down, and we lost Mm -hmm. a lot of our audience. And I was wondering if we had kept it general with a Bethesda focus. And our show was hilarious, and it still is, I think. But, like, we had a really good time. I was like, I wonder how much carryover and how much Ham would have built because it it really had a roller coaster up and down. Um and so, I don't know if there was any other lessons that I would give myself because Ham was my first podcast and it was my only podcast for a while. Um, where I feel like I did a good job managing it, um, and I wasn't upset with its results. It was successful. Uh, so I feel like it's more so just the advice I give myself, which I'm doing now, is like, hey, dude, just spice it up a little bit. Don't be afraid to because I didn't anticipate the nosedive that we had, and then we had to dig ourselves out of because i remember when it was me and carrick for a while we were sitting at like the 3k 4k listeners every week and so the fact that once again i tell people like we're in a comfortable spot we're at 10 to 20k we could just keep running this thing and and doing well as we are but that's why i'm excited about something a little more ambitious in ham radio live uh i think we'll we'll have more listeners and i think we'll have more engaged audience in turn and it's why i was so excited about the opportunity with defining duke because it was a chance to take the lessons I had learned from ham radio for all those years and apply them to something and really use my 
my tricks and tips and tools on an audience that was very familiar with podcasting and see how I had stacked up, right? Because they were seasoned podcast listeners. Not that my audience isn't, but like a lot of the last stand audience were like big podcast consumers. So for me, it was a test of, are you as legit as you think? And now that that's sort of been affirmed for me, um, I guess the advice I would have just said was just diversify. Keep it fresh. Let's see what we got here. Orange Dog's up next. Hello, Maddie Man, and no fuss in Dustin. Have you ever heard of the game Cruelty Squad? It's a garish game with blatantly unconventional controls and music that makes your ears bleed, but it has to be one of my favorite games of 2021. Its levels and objectives therein can be approached in a variety of ways, which I know appeals to Maddie's given, pra- given his praise of Hitman 3. This game looks like a troll streamer bait game, but I've had a lot of fun with it. What's your opinions on this unconventional game? I've never heard of it. Yeah, I have heard of this game, and it, what's interesting, it's overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. I want to check this out uh, at some points. 20 bucks, so it's not too bad. But uh, thank you for writing in and reminding me of this. It's it's mm-hmm. looks like an acid trip, like a real bad one. Huh. Like, it's it's very weird. Very interesting. I'll have to give it a look. Dan is our next write-in. Hi, guys. I'm normally a lurker in the Discord, but since it's the last episode of Ham, I thought I'd take the opportunity to say thanks for the hours of entertainment over the years. I'm looking forward to the new format. Thank you. My question is, what time will you be recording the show? I'd love to stay awake long enough to try to get involved. Cheers, guys. I didn't say this. I'm going to say it now, but I think I made it pretty clear. Um, These episodes will go live publicly and will be archived, so you will, if you didn't catch the live show, be able to listen. So don't worry about that. But um, if you want to be involved, we're looking at the evening Eastern Standard Time for uh, Ham Radio listeners. And by the way, Dan, and anyone else who's interested, I will be like putting this information in stone in a separate video dedicated to like updating people on not only a new channel, but Ham Radio. Uh, so if you're interested in that, which I imagine a lot of you are, just know that information is coming more concrete soon. But keep that in mind. Friday evenings, Eastern time. So around like five to seven, probably. All right. I feel like I got to sneeze, but nothing's coming out. So I just got to fight it off. Fight it. Is it, can you like look into a light or something? Does that help? I've heard that if you feel like you have to sneeze. No. You're like, now I'm just blind. Yeah. I was going to say, now I'm just like seeing <laughs> colors. Sean Mason is our next write in. Hey, Maddie and Dustin, the LSM meetup was fantastic. And I was honored to meet both of you fine gentlemen. I want to thank you again for a fantastic weekend. Now on to my story in question. I thank Sean for all his stories, by the way. It's nice. so funny. Yeah. I want to just tell a quick story because he, uh, when I finished, uh, when we all finished, sorry, uh, Saturday night on the stage for the evening with Last Stand Media, you know, he kind of called out to me. He's like, by the way, Maddie, I'm Sean Mason. I was like, oh, dude, I know who you are. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. sat down in my chair when I would, was called in by Ben and immediately I saw Sean I was like yep I know who that is I, I it was actually pretty cool because Crazy Herb was there Jimmy was there it was like this small little lineup you I think us three were talking about this the other night it was like this small little lineup of people I knew it was really comforting because they were on my side of the stage too so it was very nice to have them there anyway at the time of writing it's the third day of school year and the shenanigans have already begun during the second period of the day a sixth grader pulled the fire alarm sending the school into an absolute panic We had just had our annual start of the school year fire drill, so not only did the staff know it wasn't a drill, but the kids, but so did the kids. 
Students were yelling and screaming that the school was going to burn down. All in all, 35 minutes later, the fire department deemed the building to be safe. It turns out a sixth grader pulled the alarm in an attempt to skip changing for gym class as this is his first year in middle school and is probably embarrassed to change in front of others. So my question, when have you or anybody you know done something outrageous to get out of doing something that you didn't want to do? Best, Sean M. Good Lord. This guy goes to the most wild school of all time. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> all right. Um, Dustin, hmm. you seem like a really good boy. I don't know if you have. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything wild, but I do... I know that some people might be surprised to hear this from the fact that I'm constantly putting my face on the internet and I met with people for five hours, but I don't, I'm kind of like a extroverted introvert in that I, if I see someone that I like know well enough to say hi to, but it might be kind of awkward. I avoid awkward situations mm. like the plague mm. to the point where it's like, maybe I'll see someone I kind of know, but I don't really know them, but it'll be weird if I see them and don't say hi or whatever. And if I see them from a, a distance at a store, then I'm going to like, rev- like totally divert and try to right. go a different direction or something. It's not like, because I dislike this person. I just, I hate, I, I am, I am somewhat an awkward person slightly in situations like that. I, well, I don't know if I'm awkward. I feel I awkward inside. Awkward. But yeah, I get it. I feel awkward inside, too. So that's probably uh, the big one, I would think, is just that like this is a normal occurrence mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I you know, I do. This isn't outrageous, but like I've intentionally worn hats and stuff because I hope someone at a store doesn't. I'm not even saying from YouTube, by the way, like just someone personally. I know like I, it's like there's just certain days you just don't want to interact. And it's like, I hope no one right. recognizes me at all. So I like throw on a hat put on a jacket all that shit uh i do have an answer to this and it is outrageous however okay in my senior year of high school i did not want to present uh for our history class like a class presentation hilarious now because we just did a presentation in front of like 200 plus people right but the fear of judgment really ate me up big time because I was in a class with a ton of, like, popular kids who were fucking pretentious and assholes and really just annoyed the hell out of me. They didn't, like, pick on me, by the way, but I'm just saying their existence, like, the way they interacted with other people really irked me. And I heard how they talked about people, and I was like, I don't want to be put in that position. So instead of communicating this to the teacher and being like, yeah, not really feeling comfortable with this, what's my alternative? Like a, like a good young adult should do. Dustin, I skipped class for two fucking weeks to avoid it. Two weeks. Damn. I you skipped class? Wait. I skipped that Holy class. Holy shit. That class for two weeks. Damn. I still passed. I still passed. Wow. I got a B minus. Get that. I got a B minus too. Like your boy was your boy was good at history. But really or something's wrong dumb. with something's wrong with your school system. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they give me a B minus for missing two fucking weeks in a row. Like it wasn't even there was a break in the middle. When I showed up, my teacher was like What's going on? Like, I, yeah, I would, no one called in or anything. Like, I would be at all my classes. I'm surprised they didn't, like, flag me down sooner. Right? Yeah. They never did, actually. Like, I came back of my own free will. I returned. The king had returned. Um, and I explained it to him at that point because, you know, I, of course, dug myself into a deep enough ditch. I was like, oh, certainly this will make sense. But that was combined with uh, being late to class a lot where one of my writing 
teachers had called me out directly and was just like, I was just, a, I was a shitty student. And so, um, when he had called me out, like I had this awakening, this epiphany that same day with those two events combined where I was like, I looked in the mirror and went, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then I became a much better student. I was, hmm. I was like an A student from there through college and stuff, but, um, I needed that, I guess, right? I needed to do something outrageous on the level of pulling the fire alarm to not change in gym class. All right, here we go. Brandon Stark writes in, Hey, gents, let's get sentimental. I had first started, uh, start, blah, 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 let me try reading that again. I had first started listening to ham radio around my sophomore year of high school, just shortly after I had found Maddie's channel when he was doing Fallout 4 coverage and guides. Now I'm a junior in college with only about 18 months left. Tuning in each week to hear both of your opinions and jokes. The food wars and ice cube debates were hilarious. And I remember burst out laughing at work frequently when the ice was a weekly subject on the show. I'm surprised you didn't bring that up, Dustin. Now I think about favorite I've memories. Re- that was a There's really still many. Big, it's hard to remember. That was you know? a really significant one. I even forgot about that. <laughs> Brandon continues. The ice cube debates is what led me to join the Patreon. Oh, wow. Thanks. It's been great to see someone as personal and open as Maddie grow along with his channel. And I really feel I've been there through a lot of the journey. I liked what Carrick brought to the show and Bum D had to part ways. But Dustin has also added a lot to the show over the last year. And the chemistry is great. I thought the sunset version of the show would be an appropriate time to share my thoughts and a look back at the history of the show. I've listened to uh, y'all for a handful of years now. And I'm excited to see Ham 2.0 in the coming weeks. Thank you, Brandon. Very kind of you. Thank you. Very kind of you. All right, Volt 101 guy has two questions here on just just out there, man. Sup ham fam. Couple questions. One, which Fallout has the best soundtrack? Two, what is the greatest pain you have ever felt? <laughs> Your eyebrows just like went up. You're like, huh? Because <laughs> they're completely um, opposite. I always listen to the the oldies radio when I play fallout like the entire time, I know the fallout four soundtrack from mm-hmm. platinum that game, like all of the songs in it. Yeah. Like I know all the words to all of them. So I don't favorite? really have an like, opinion. Fallout four soundtrack. You, you think that's the best one or to be honest. I mean, it, it's been so long since I've played mm-hmm. three in new Vegas. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know. I just love, I always listen to the, the radio stations. Yeah. I think, I think Fallout 4, to me, is the best one for two reasons. Number one is they carry a ton of Fallout 3 songs over, so it was just a really nice treat, some of my favorites. But Fallout 4 also had a couple of songs that just were based around atomic bombs from that era, and they are so good, but yet they are so fitting. So, like, there's a song that goes, like, don't they know it's the end of the world? And I'm like, holy yeah. shit, like... End of That's the world, but yeah, like I'm playing this it's game in the, the end of the world. End of the world. Yeah, I yeah. am not harmonic. My, my girlfriend asked me to sing on the way home in the car, and I was just like, Lily, I am so uncomfortable. I literally can't sing. I will break glass. It's so bad. So <laughs> thank you for handling that part for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's probably my favorite. I just I love Fallout Four soundtrack. The greatest I got the pain I've ever felt. You got the pain. All right, let's hear it. We got two, but they're very different. Um, the the, the most intense pain. My wife pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, the most intense moment of pain I've ever had in my life is getting, which I'm very blessed that I haven't had. I've never broken a bone or anything like that. So don't judge me if you think this is wimpy. But I got a cortisone shot in my thumb. Mm. 
and they had to stick a needle right in be- here in between the knuckle and then, you know, put this stuff in it, the cortisone shot. And I beforehand, I was like, so what am I in for to the doctor or the nurse? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> and I know that they lied to me. I fucking know they lied. Wow. Because holy shit. I was like talking. They're like, so what do you have going on later tonight? I was like, well, I think I'm going to have some. Like, I couldn't speak. It hurt so bad. It was it was awful. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of is that I'm about 95% sure I had this virus called norovirus, which is like a 24-hour bug where you are uh, emptying out of both directions of your body <laughs> and your stomach. Dude, okay. And Holly and I had it at the same time. Oh, God. So, and we only have one bathroom in our house, so that was fun. Um, but, like, my stomach hurt so bad that I needed – this was after throwing up multiple times. I was laying on the floor in my bedroom, like, curled up, and I was like, I am not going to make it. I don't know if, I've, if, if I can see the sunrise – That'll be that'll be good. Like That's fucking brutal. Holy shit. It was I'll spare the details for the the public uh podcast here, but it was truly truly the worst sickness I've ever had in my life. Luckily, again, it was it was 24 hours and I was done. Right. But I <laughs> Holly and I like we slept like the entire like it was like once you actually was, started to pass, like you just slept all day probably. Well, dude, it was so weird because I remember Holly, I was playing games in this room and I heard Holly get out of bed and throw up. And I was like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, I'm, something's wrong with me. Like, I, I'm sick. So like, oh, well, go back to bed. Let me know if you need anything. Um, and then within the hour, like, uh, what's going on here? And man, then that, that began the, the night of horrors that was norovirus. Um, supposed to be extremely no it was funny and there are details that i'll i'll spare that are very funny uh i mean like no one like shit their pants or anything it wasn't that bad no no one shit their pants and that is surprising because (laughs) of how how bad it was but like there's no doubt he did if he's puking and and shit and there's so okay with uh, this is the only detail i'll say there was a moment where (laughs) i was in the bathroom and Holly was like, oh, no, I'm going to throw up. I don't know what to do. She runs to the bathroom, realizes I'm in the bathroom, and is like, oh, fuck. She's like, Dustin, I need to throw up. And I'm like, I, I can't move. And so she then runs back to the bedroom, almost throws up. She, we had, like, buckets in, just in case. And she was mad at me because she was, like, not really mad, mad, but she was like, I didn't. I didn't. She was like, what was, I, what was I supposed to do? I'm like, Throw up in the sink. I don't know. Like, yeah. do something. I can't yeah, get you up. Got to sink outside of the toilet now. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, throw up in the sink. I don't care. Go in the <laughs> shower. Throw up there. Throw up somewhere where we can clean up. Like, I'm sorry, but anyway, oh, that was that was bad. That was so. funny. <laughs> I don't know if I could top that. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I remember uh, when I had appendicitis that like dropped me to the floor. Um, because I remember. It was actually funny. It was like a moment of pride before that. So I felt really sick and I had back pain. Uh, so I was laying in bed. Little I know I had appendicitis at this point. And, mm-hmm. I, and so I like woke up after a long nap 
I said to my, I, I remember walking out. My parents were sitting there and they're like, oh, you're on your feet. I was like, yeah, I feel great. Like I smiled and everything. Like my back pain was gone. <laughs> I go to the bathroom. I, I, I pee real quick. I walk out thinking, all right, life is back to normal. And I just dropped to the floor. I'm like, oh my God. Like my whole like pelvic area was like aching. And what sucked is it was internal. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, my back's hurting. Let me adjust my position and relieve some stress off this pinched nerve or whatever. It was just like this internalized pain. I was like, I literally can't get up. So my brother and my dad had to like put my arms over their shoulders and like carry me out the door to drive me to the hospital. And then fun story, my dad stopped for coffee on the way there. We still give him shit for that because it was just like, I'm just like in the car, like, oh, like dying. And he's like, dude, I need coffee. I'm going to be here all night. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like your dad. I mean, if your appendix bursts, yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. So, I mean, your dad, risky move there. My dad was playing with fire. He had to get his coffee because he was thinking he's got the night shift. I'm like, did the fucking hospital have coffee? Probably was like, yeah, not good coffee, though. (laughs) I'm here, though. (laughs) Uh, that was really bad pain, and then this is this is bitch pain. I admit it completely. Like I'm gonna sound like a total dork, but I remember uh, my my mom was dropping me off at my buddy's house. I was like in high school, and I was closing the door to the car, and she said something to me. And instinctually, I like turned to reach for the door that I was just in the process of slamming shut, and going to catch it to be like, "What did you say?" Instead of just letting it close, turning around and being like, roll down the window, please. And my thumb caught perfectly in this crevice. Like, I always remember, it's like this little divot right here in your thumb. And it just jammed up beautifully in there. Like, it was a perfect fit. And just all you were was like, crunch. And I was like, oh, fuck, that really hurt. And, like, once again, you know, your, your boy loves just dropping to the floor in pain. <laughs> so I dropped down on one knee. I'm like, oh, fuck, that really hurt. And so, by the way, this is, like, my friend, like, lived right up the hill from me. So, like, she had just given me a quick lift. I probably could have walked even. So, it was a lesson on laziness. But, you know, so I don't even show up to my friend's house. And I immediately went to urgent care. They wrapped my thumb up. And uh, since then, I've made it very uh, – I've, I've been very watchful of hand-related injuries because they impact playing games. Fuck that. Yeah. It's important. Okay. Thank you for the great question, Vault 101 guy. Next, we got Mothra. Hey, guys. I had the time of my life at the LSM meetup over the weekend. Meeting both of you was an experience I will always treasure. My family and I are from Philadelphia, so we made the five-hour road trip to Butler by car. It was great meeting you, Mothra. Thank you so yeah. much for swinging by. And her picture is is me and her. So we got, yeah. uh, you know, both of us. I love that. A, I love that. That's awesome. My questions are, I, by the way, I, before I read that, it reminds me, I recognized her because I saw the name tag. And I love the name mm. tag idea because there were so many usernames that I saw. I was like, oh, I know. Right. You. It was like, yeah, we got to have that same feeling with each other. Right. The questions are one, have you ever taken uh, or what's your favorite road trip that you've ever taken? And two, what's your favorite slash most memorable road trip memory? Damn. I can knock these out pretty quick. Go for it. My favorite road trips, I guess, plural were. When I was in high school, my youth group used to go to this music festival in Illinois called Cornerstone. Mm. And we would load up like the church van with like 15 people. And these 15 people were all like some of my very best friends for a 15 hour ride. Oh, man. And we had an awesome, awesome time uh, 
being in a, a cramped van like that. I, I don't think I could do it now. You, that's something I can only you can only do when, when you're, you're a teenager, yeah. I think. Time just but, passes differently. Right. Yeah. So that was tons of fun. Road trip memory. Um. So we had a couple instances where like uh, the van broke down and in one of them we basically had to leave some of some of us behind to, while the van get got fixed and other people there was another van that people we were traveling with and so they like doubled up and fit the rest of the people in there so we stayed behind uh i think it was in indiana or something mm. we were just like hung out and like we went to like a waffle house just like Bro. doing whatever for like 8 hours I'm I'm I missed out because my youth pastor at the time and another guy they went to uh, Shake Shack like at like one in the morning when the van got fixed and apparently like there was this big fight that broke out and oh. stuff and some some wild times oh. but what about you Maddie road tripping yeah road tripping um I see I can think of vacation I didn't I road tripped a lot with my family so. I would have to say probably growing up, Lake George road trips were my favorite. A uh, nice, healthy four-hour car ride there. Um, and just, it's been commercialized a lot since. I don't think Lake George is as great as it was when I was a kid, where it was just decorated with mini golf courses and little shops full of knickknacks. Um, they've they've really commercialized the outlets quite a bit, and there's not as many like, ooh, what's this there? Uh as when I went last year in August, but growing up Lake George was the spot. Like I loved being in Lake George, like the smell of the place, just being right on the edge of the lake. Um, I never liked partying growing up or loud noises, big crowds, but like, I always felt comfortable in Lake George. Like it wasn't this once again, growing up, it's more so now, but it wasn't this like party town. Um, it wasn't like so in your face. It was just really, it felt safe and secure for someone like me who grew up like very introverted and like had to come into that. Uh, so yeah, that was, you know, I just, I have a lot of fond memories going to the Tom Tom shop. If anyone's ever been to the Lake George Tom Tom shop that I always bought blades there. I had like samurai swords from there. It's where I get my batterings from. Uh, if anyone's seen any unboxing videos on my channel, uh, it's where I got, I, I, I get throwing knives from them all the time just cause like it's a tradition for me, even though I don't throw them, I just collect them. Oh, favorite slash most memorable road trip memory. Um, that's a tough one. I don't know if I really have a genuine answer for. Oh, you know what I do? We did a road trip to Ocean City, Maryland. And as a kid, well, there's one that's most memorable and then there's a best. So I'll tell them both. One of them is very quick. Uh, we had this kind of mo this this motel that was you walk into the front door and then there's a drop off kitchen area to the left. There's a drop off kitchen area to the right. And there's like two separate rooms on either side where like one section my brother and I slept in and the other section my mom and dad slept in. And it was like we had this own little house, um, which was really cool. And I remember just being so fascinated by the place and, and really loving it. So that's probably like one of my favorites. Uh, the most memorable. Dustin, I got to equal you here, right? Because you, like, you, you had a, a personal tale. So hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll deliver one. Okay. I swear I'm making my parents sound awful in this, but they're great. <laughs> so there we are. Mini golfing. Mini golfing is a family tradition. Dustin, we love mini golfing in this household. So you go to ocean city, Maryland. This is the same trip. 
and we're on the mini golf course. And, uh, you know, we went out to eat and you know, I had a couple glasses of something to drink. About five years old at this time. Fourth hole. I'm like, yeah, mom, got to go to the bathroom. She's like, okay, in a little bit. Next hole, mom, I got to go. We'll go. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Uh, so we keep playing. And she just keeps telling me, hold on, hold on. And then hole seven is where it all happened. So I'm standing there and I'm like, the seal has been broken. So I piss myself, right? Damn it. I'm just standing there in a mini golf course peeing all over myself. Like, cause you've held it. So now it's like coming out with ferocity, but not mm. only this, Dustin, I have a couple who, how can I emulate this for the, the visual? Let's pretend this is my wife holding literally he's holding both her shoulders they're looking down at me aghast all in awestruck like you know it's as if like i'm bleeding but i'm peeing myself and they're looking at me like oh dear oh no he's he's peeing himself i'm like i'm standing there like five years old just like i can't stop it so all years like the liquid hitting the floor i don't mean to get visceral with the details but it was horrible and they're just watching me go and then my mom looks, she's like, oh, no, oh, dear. And I'm like, yeah, oh, dear, don't you think? I told you. Yeah. And I still hang it over her head to this day. We talk about it frequently. But, yeah, I that is one. Of, that is probably not my favorite, of course, but that's that's one of the most memorable road trip memories I have for sure. Damn. I, I imagine this story as little Maddie, but it's your voice today. <laughs> I mean, like, well, yeah, damn. Yeah, like, of no. course this is going to happen. Obviously, I was much nicer about it back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we got another write-in from Jay Lopez, 7331. Hey, dudes, just want to say thank you for the Ham Radio podcast. I don't think you understand how many times just listening to podcasts has gotten me through some rough times. I almost lost my father back in April. It was a very rough time for my family and I, and just overall shitty. Funny thing is, I barely remember it now. Anyways, he's a lot better now, thank God, and thanks to the medical staff. During that time, listening to your guys' podcast helped me escape for a little bit, and I appreciate that you guys did that for me, even if you didn't know. Loved Ham Radio podcast and excited to hear how it evolves in the future. Thank you, Dustin and Maddie. Also, shout out to the Ham Fam and making some new friends to the Discord, Maddie. Kate, uh, take care, guys. Enjoy your weekend. That's really, really nice. Thank you. Well, we got some more stories here. Holy crap. Thank you all so much for these. I didn't expect this. Uh, Coach Blue writes in, hey, fellas. Similar to Jay Lopez's post, I wanted to share how beneficial this podcast has been to my mental health. I've been going through the ringer this year and your goofy asses have helped me through it all. There was a point where I was having some unwanted and uncomfortable thoughts and you guys helped drown those out. Even when Dustin was cussing me out for wanting my co- my drink cold. The ham fam has been amazing to be a part of. And I already know that I've made some friends for life. Thank you guys for everything and for everything to come. That is. Thank you. Wow. Coach blue. Dustin, we have more stories. Holy crap. It's like a, a burst of them. Yeah. Datalay is our next write-in. Shout-out to Datalay. Long-time Twitch mod. Moved over to YouTube with me. Datalay's always been there. Like Anytime I streamed, especially with Twitch, I like I, Datalay was always there. So shout-out to him. He writes in, In the same vein as the two cool dudes above me, I just want to say how much Ham has meant to me over the years. Been through the whole, all the host rotations, the off weeks, and the goofy hashtags. I've truly enjoyed seeing this podcast evolve and grow from three dudes discussing Bethesda news and fallout to what it is today. The show and its ridiculously awesome community has gotten me through some ecstatically high highs to despairingly low lows. I just want to say thanks. I remember the times where I popped on the podcast when money was scarce and morale in the fam was hard to come by. 
The only real escape I had was video games and in particular Fallout. I found these dudes talking about Bethesda. One of them was even a kangaroo. But they had amazing chemistry and charm. They cared about what I cared about. And I'm happy to see today that you still care about what I cared for back then. And the chemistry has never been better. Keep on evolving and, and moving forward. Only look back when you've conquered all you came to conquer. You have an amazing community. Everyone is brilliant. Even Never and Felix. Thanks, gentlemen. Felix. For the future. I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Dustin. Let's keep it rolling, man. Thank keep you. Rolling. Thank Let's you go. all so much. Uncam talk. Hey, guys. Just want to start this off with a heartfelt thank you for all the countless hours of entertainment over the last few years. One of the hallmarks of the show was feeling like I was in the midst of the conversation with friends. And I sincerely thank you for being the highlight of my week every week. Change is also scary for me, but I have faith that the future will continue to be awesome. I'm looking forward to everything to come. Maddie, I'm glad the show can end with some of the best news you could have hoped for in a KOTOR remake being announced. Dustin, I'm so glad you ended up on Ham since it introduced me to your work. Uh, with Last Stand, and has given me a chance to pop into your streams and have a good time over there. Also, thanks to you guys, my fiance has gained an interest in gaming podcast where now Defining Duke and Sacred Symbols have been staples of our week. So thanks to that. It was awesome getting to meet you two at the LSM event. It really made my day to get to shake each of your hands and have a chat with each of you. Congratulations on all you've accomplished. You guys deserve all the praise. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And I wish it's it's funny because it's like I met you. I'm like, I don't know who you were, it's, but it's because of the, the, the gamer tag. I, I think I remember yeah. on Kemp Talk's face. I do think I remember who this is. If I saw a picture of him, I, I'm pretty confident I'd know. Nice. Return to the Coda is our next write in. Hello, Ham Fam. Hope you're both doing excellent on this final episode of Ham Radio Podcast. It's been a whirlwind of, uh, of a year for gaming. It's got so much bigger with the official announcement of the KOTOR remake. So much hype for the game, and so many more. Do you think Spider-Man 2 is going to be co-op? Seems likely from the trailer, but it was also uh, I would just but it would also likely play on the two in the title. Just wanted your quick opinions. Otherwise, thank you for the wonderful podcast. I look forward to the future, and I can't wait to see the next iteration of your podcast slash live show. I still personally find it to be a podcast, which yeah, it essentially is. Um, so Dustin, we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 co-op. Is there anything you want to add on? Not really. I think it will most likely have it. They'll have to make some changes to combat. Maybe there will be a co-op mode uh, or point. something, but hard to say. I, I feel like it makes sense. Two Spideys, let's go. Let's make it happen. I feel like that's a sensible as evolution. Or do you think they GTA it and you sort of have two or multiple protagonists doing their oh, thing? That would be cool, too. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like That'd be so cool if... While you're playing as Spider-Man, Miles Morales is on, like, another end of the map fighting crime, doing something else, and you can find him doing that, and it sort of brings to life this – it's actually, like, superheroes on the uh, in this open world beyond yeah. yourself. That would be pretty cool, too. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Felix Check, thank you for writing in. I'm not good with questions. That's the reason I'm never in the question section. But since it's the end of an era, I had to stop by to say a big thanks to Maddie and all the co-hosts through all those years. Game news were a big part of why I came to this podcast, but I stayed for the company. It's like listening to some friends talking about games. Pretty casual. That's my vibe as well. I can't wait for the new era. Thank you, Ham Fam, for the lovely memories so far. Here's for more memorable days. I hope people invest in this community in the future. You won't miss out. We are easily the best people around. The future is bright for Maddie and his community. P.S. I was so happy for you, Maddie. That KOTOR remake reveal was very emotional for you, as it was for us. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. And yeah, I mean, I think 
this is not like me trying to make a shrewd business move when I say this, but I do think with Ham Live, the Patreon will grow a lot and people are going to see this is the community. Like it literally is like these are the people who are always in chat talking. Everyone I've read off of um, is always there and they're very welcoming and inviting, not hard to speak to, which is incredibly important. So uh, just thank you all for being the excellent people you are. But we've got more, Dustin. Paco Luigi's up next. Hey, all. Not so much a question, but instead a recollection of my time with the show. I first stumbled upon this show randomly when it was just Maddie and Carrick. This was about a year or so before the pandemic. Liked your all stuff and started watching your individual channels. At a certain point, I was tuning in every day, and then it became a part of my routine. Soon thereafter, I became a patron of both you gents, Maddie and Carrick, and I haven't looked back since. I interact with the community in particular on a daily basis. I've even made some good friends in here, even if I've never seen them in person. Time progressed and Dustin joined, bringing his wonderful weeby energy and necessary foil to the usual shenanigans of the hosts. Uh, Dustin introduced me to LSM, and you can take this to the bank. I still tune in for you rather than the other co-hosts on Sacred Symbols. So here we are looking at the precipice of change. You'll have to forgive the incomplete account of how we got here. But all the same's here to make to pushing forward and making positive changes. Looking forward to the new show and can't wait to converse with you, gents, soon. Much love, Paco. P.S. To those who haven't joined up, it really is a great experience. Flick a few bucks to these gents' ways, whether it's through super chats or Twitch subs. They've helped me get through some shitty times, and they've certainly earned the price of a cup of coffee or two for their work. Damn, thank you, Dustin. How are Crazy. we feeling? Let's let's pause for a sec. How are we feeling? feeling good it's awesome it's nice um i mean like it's cool one of the things that's always makes me happy is that we have this um gradient of our content overlapping and good word i think that some youtube creators want to be on their own little island and they don't want to i mean they may collaborate here and there but the idea of doing something like we're doing would be a negative but to see our the fans of the shows lift up uh, the other shows and be a part of this whole plethora of offerings is, mm. is great. And I love to see that. I agree. That's really well put. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who just tunes into all our stuff. Really. Um, we, we hope you continue to enjoy it. We have natural calamity writing the fitting, in. The final question. Very I feel fitting. like this is fitting. Very, very fitting. Very fitting. I, once again, we do not revise these <laughs> as we never have in ham radio. So this is actually incredible. Natural calamity writes in. Waking up late from a bender. That's my crime. Almost missed ham radio. Unless I already did. But if you guys got my question, thank you. It's as if it was fate itself, right? Mr. Heart Attack Maddie and producer in chief Dustin. You know where I'm heading off the question, boys. Number one, I finished all the endings for 12 minutes and I watched the spoiler cast and had an idea for the game. Do you think the game would have benefited or taken a, would have been taken less polarizing if it had a similar system to Hitman 3? A page to show where one word or description or shows the item needed for a challenge like Hitman has with all of its kills. Dustin, this is for you. Do you think a little bit of a slight guide would help with this? Mm, a guy, a small guide system would have been maybe nice, but you also don't want to give it away too easily. Um, I think that my main thing is that just there's some things that were just not obvious that you could do, and that's what makes it frustrating. Like I looked up on a guide on, online, and I was like, oh, I would have never known that I could even do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe there could be like an I don't know an easy mode or whatever you want to say that 
if you keep screwing up, it can like nudge you in the right direction. That right. maybe would have been nice. Second question from Natural Calamity. What moment from favorite games is like no other and had an impact on you that won't be forgotten? A memory for me that won't ever go away was taking down a scarab in Halo. It was a feeling like no other. And great moments like this make me long for moments like it again. Hmm. A moment like no other. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think my immediate go-to, which I think people would think it'd be KOTOR, which, yeah, of course, that's one of them. I remember as a kid just experiencing that, and I was just... It was really the, the first uh, plot twist I had ever experienced. But, you know, I think more recently... Because it, it evolved my love for games so much that I wanted to make my own. Uh, was the third semester in Persona 5 Royal. Ooh. That was more of an experience Bro. in the sense of like, you didn't really have a, a defining, I mean, there were multiple defining moments throughout. But it was like there were boss fights that really still stick with me. The new music, like throwing your mask away, really sat with me. The trippy nature of the introduction to the third semester, the reveals of certain characters. I mean, it was really a uh, collection of everything that built up throughout the whole game. And when it could have ended, it didn't feel like it was stretched. It was incredible. Um, and I, once again, this was a moment so powerful to me that when I finished the game, I went, I want someone to have that feeling one day from something I've made because that was surreal uh, on a, a level of entertain a level of entertainment. I mean, you know, just being able to, because I don't think a video can do that for someone. I don't think a podcast can do that for someone. I feel like a thing you interact with directly can do that. And that's what's special about games. And so that's what really evolved how I feel about video games. It was that powerful to me where I think it's definitely like a top five of all time for me at this point. I have so many. Um, some I've talked about on this show. Like my uh, my when I got very sick and learned like figured out bloodborne and from software clicked in my mind that was like an amazing moment uh stuff like um i'll never forget beating metal gear solid one mm. when i was in first grade oh wow uh wow. and i like that was like crazy um i don't know if i understood half of the shit that happened but it was awesome Probably back not. then that's you playing MGS2 um, as a kid, like <laughs> it's fucking like heavily political game that pretty much predicted the future in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, dude, Metal Gear Solid Two when um when the Colonel is like, turn off your PlayStation Two, Raiden. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. Like that scared me. There's so many. I mean, one of the ones I guess I could highlight now, though it's a spoilery. I can't really go into it, but um, the true ending of Undertale is, I think, one of the like a, mm. immaculate. Uh, ending and story a story of redemption and one that i think i would hope would resonate with people in a time where people are thrown away often for doing something horrible you know what i mean I, obviously there's some things that are like yeah that is deserved but sometimes people are i don't know i hate to use the word canceled or whatever cast but out. like cast out i yeah. i'm always like people can i want people to be able to come back from mistakes and learn from them and be accepted again and be able to be reintegrated. And that is something that happens, uh, I guess, depending on your ending in undertale in such a masterful mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And that, 
really did make a big impact on me. So again, sorry, I can't go. I don't want to go in too into it, yes. but um, a great story moment for sure. I think uh, one that for me that I've told a lot is really my development with the fallout series is it's amazing how much it means to me now and how with both three and new Vegas, some of my favorite games ever made the first time I played both of them. I didn't like them at all. Mm. And I've told the one with Fallout 3 to the point of redundancy where I borrowed a friend's game and I ended up falling in love with it that second try and never gave it back. And then I sold the GameStop, had to pay him 20 bucks like three years later as a joke. Uh, with New Vegas as well, it was this moment of I played it. And I remember just thinking the the open world was so boring, which is something I still the characters and the interactions and the choices are very interesting. I don't think that New Vegas has an op- interesting open world. And it wasn't until 2014 that many years after release that I finally had that I get it moment. And I had played uh, New Vegas for the first time in hardcore. So I already appreciated its writing and its story, its choices, its factions. But what happened was hardcore made locations that were useless, useful. And in fact, like a oasis. You're like, I can sleep here. There's food here. There's ammo here. I can store this. It was amazing. And it was that... You mentioned clicking, like with From Software. That's where the gear turned. I was like, okay, I love this game now, um, and I love that story because I remember a lot of people were dunking on New Vegas at this point in time. Everyone was pro Bethesda Game Studios, and it wasn't until after Fallout Four dropped that people were like, oh yeah, Obsidian's really got it locked down for Fallout. <laughs> so uh, it was, you know, I, I know that a lot of people had apparently been saying that for a while. But um, I kind of like the idea that even though I was known as a Fallout guy, I was kind of late to love one of the the definitive Fallout experiences. I think that's all I've got. Let me look around the room real quick. Uh, one more, because I want to talk about Mega Man. Uh, I remember playing Mega Man X Maverick Hunter on my PSP. My brother Whoa. played on a travel baseball team. And uh, so that's why handheld gaming was so important to me. I was traveling a lot as a kid, and it was my only way to stay connected. Uh, so I remember renting this game because I loved Mega Man, but I was not very good at it. And I'll always remember that feeling because I tried Mega Man X Maverick Hunter. I didn't succeed, and I tried it again. And I didn't have a guide or anything. Like, you can easily look up for Mega Man now and just do, like, weakness searches and just really comb through the levels easily and so i go in and it just something clicked like i got one of the bosses and then i found the weakness to another boss and that one went down and it was this throughout this whole week trip just the dots were connecting as i you know i'm sitting there my brother's like playing these intense travel baseball games for like a state championship and i'm just like posted up on a lawn chair just grinding my psp and uh once again, it's that I think everyone has that feeling of like it clicked, and for me, it was the gameplay clicked for Mega Man, where I went from I like this to I love Mega Man. So we all have those experiences, but I just want to share that one as well. And that is our final question for Ham Radio Podcast. Dustin, Damn. how are we feeling now? It's all over. I feel good. I mean, this is the this is the night. This is the perfect kind of final episode where yeah, you don't I have to feel sad. Really well. Yeah. You know, um, it was a good episode. It's been a great time. And, you know, there's 
bigger and brighter things ahead. Indeed. Hopefully, I think so. I'm confident. I agree. Actually, so yeah. But I, man, um, thank you, and thanks everybody for all those write-ins. I mean, yes. so many kind write-ins. We really appreciate it. We really do. Uh, it, it's why we did what we did, and when we felt the show was sort of on the edge. You know, once again through Dustin, we were able to pull it back. Before I thank the audience, Dustin, I want to thank you again for uh, everything you've offered this show to keep it alive and well. Um, where we are in a good position right now, but uh, I also want to thank Carrick for being a stabilizing force and probably uh, I, I've said this a lot, and I didn't say it in front of him a lot because I knew Carrick got uncomfortable with like those levels of emotions being shown. So I try to respect that, but Carrick was very instrumental in my development when he joined the podcast was right around the time that uh this youtuber rags had made a video about me and my thoughts on fallout 4 which by the way i was an idiot in this video but i was really down on myself and like hating my content and scared to have an opinion and scared to own an opinion at that um and i didn't want to go to the other end of the spectrum and have these like awful takes and be like puffing my chest out be like come on come for me you know i i, I think that's pretentious but Carrick was a very steady hand in guiding me from 2016 to 2020. And I'll always be thankful for what he brought to me personally, um, as well as this show. Uh, so, of course, big love to Carrick. Uh, one of my good friends that I was lucky to have on this show for so long. And then, of course, you know, Noah alone, man. Uh, the OGs, uh, the, these guys were through it all. You know, Lone joined the show. He was like 24 at the time, right? And me and Noah were like 17 starting this show up. We're idiots, man. And like, <sighs> yeah, like I'm not saying I was smart at 24 either, but like I had a better worldview and idea of what was coming out of my mouth and I didn't back then. And uh, he was also a guiding force. I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to thank the audience as well as my co-host for allowing me to grow up through this show because if you listen to our older episodes i was immature i said stupid shit a lot i never hide from that i was a fucking moron but i you know i i am just very thankful i had the opportunity to grow i don't think a lot of people get that nowadays on the internet it's like you fuck up you're done and that's right it. not like i did anything drastically horrible but i said some pretty stupid shit and um i was given opportunities and chances to grow and i don't know if it's because i showed potential or anything like that um or if i was just mega passionate and people felt that but uh through my co-host i have grown and it's why i'm always so picky with them because um you know it's it's about that chemistry because you you elevate one another so uh to the audience who always lent us your ear thank you for listening to ham radio podcast for 300 plus episodes from when it began with just little sprite images of us to here on webcam. Um, and, of course, for your write-ins, your feedback, uh, all of that has really shaped our show. And once again, Ham Radio Live will be in two weeks. Uh, really just an evolution of what we got here. We're going to sit down live on YouTube. We're going to chat with you about the hottest news of the week. And we're going to take your questions, call-ins, all that stuff. And it'll be a really good time, I promise you. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, that's all the closing thoughts I really had to share. Dustin, anything else you want to say before we no, say goodbye? Not really. I mean, thank you, Maddie, of course. Again, thank you to the audience. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Of course. So 
with that, thank you all once again for tuning in to Ham Radio Podcast, our final episode. And we'll see you soon, all right? Peace out.